0: talk brunch served hot
1: talk brunch live written over here Dustin Frazier
2: so all things going on in 2020 I mean hey, there is some good uh episodes of prank gangers apparently
1: and that's good I and mean, I that, guess,
2: was that was not
1: shit. But... I guess it's take it or leave it at this point. Everything's a callback. Something from like 20 years ago or 10 years ago. You know, like, <laughs> right? good news, new episodes of Muppet, Babies. Like, why is everything so <laughs> retro? Like, what's going on? It's mean, like, everyone always makes it seem like things I experienced decades ago are supposed to be good news to me.
2: But at this point, I'm just reaching for something.
1: It is just strange out there. Look on the bright side, though. At least you're still among the living, right?
0: True.
1: Ah, I ruined. I deflated your crank yankers, Pop.
2: Ah, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Is that what it is? <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> At
1: least there's crank yankers. That'll be write it down. Yep. <laughs> you know, there's, the, there's the plug so we were gonna simulcast this i was gonna set it up for uh well i had it set up for twitch and youtube but for some reason whenever i put the other two things into the stream it would lag out the mixer guys and that's like where our main live streaming people are so i had to abruptly cut it on the other people till i can figure out what the hell's going on there so sorry about that in regards to the delays or whatever figure it out. Yeah. yeah going forward we'll get it sorted though we'll figure out exactly uh it was it was up earlier, so I should have checked it before I came on here, just kind of came on here, was doing other things, but yeah, I'll, uh, starting next week, because I know some people can't get into mix, so you should be able to get in on Twitch, and, uh, YouTube will be broadcasting live. There's that. Oh, yeah. How are you doing?
2: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a pretty good day. Kept was a busy, I mean, caught a... The second episode of uh, The Last Ride, The Undertaker's story. So, How did that go? Um, definitely more detail that I've seen from the last episode. I mean, like I said last week, the last episode kind of revealed a little bit of why he hasn't called it yet. But this one, it went even further in the fig that I thought it would go. Really? At this point, it's it's starting to show it's beyond just how he feels physically. Like, um, one thing that they showed was he actually didn't watch uh the match with Roman until maybe almost until about eight months later. Good. So, yeah, he didn't see it. And the funny thing about it is, and it's an interesting thing I didn't realize about him, as hard as we are on him about those matches, he's a thousand times harder on himself. To the point where um, they showed a clip of him and Michelle watching the match. And Michelle makes this interesting comment. He makes an interesting comment that Roman was just looking at him when Roman was looking at him through the on the ramp, he made this interesting comment about Roman was probably sitting there thinking, Oh, what's this guy doing? Well, I still hear something along those lines. And Michelle looks at him and goes, well, that's probably what you were thinking, but that could not necessarily be what he was thinking. Come to find out, Roman wasn't disappointed because I guess Roman didn't expect the undertaker we'd saw from years ago, which I mean, at this point you can't expect it anymore. Um, one of the really cool parts, probably one of my favorite parts of the whole thing, he went into a relationship between him and uh, Vince McMahon. And I remember, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned how close uh, Macho Man was to um, to Vince McMahon.
1: Yeah, but what do you mean by Roman wasn't Roman during this match? I don't get it.
2: No, I'm saying, um, well, you'll see more people saying Roman wasn't Roman. No, he was saying that Roman... um. He was looking at he, he Taker took it as if Roman was looking at him like, oh man, he just wouldn't Taker anymore. Kind of what I meant to say there. But Roman wasn't looking at it the same way. Like Roman wasn't looking at it in a sense of disappointment as much
1: as he was like, Hey, it yeah,
2: happened it was, the way it happened.
1: But it was Roman who was messing up a lot of those spots though.
2: So Yeah, take Taker take for Taker beat himself up on it. That was the real thing about the match. Like Taker felt like he um let himself down on more and than uh than Roman would have, which I was right there so Like yeah, like I was more on Roman than it was on Taker. Yeah, I guess. So it's so it's weird that like he's so much harder on himself than everybody else is. God, gotcha. But um, <clears throat> he did of course go into how close he and Vince were, uh-huh. and the fact that um we I thought we had mentioned on here before how close Randy Savage was to him, the way they talked about each other. If Randy Savage is the closest person to the McMahon family outside of them, when it comes to Vince Taker's like a half step below him, because he talked about the fact that when WCW came around, and everybody was leaving, he never forgot the fact that Taker never left. Yeah, like he there said was, that there was never and the there past. was never any like indication that Taker was ever going to go.
1: He, he said that many times in the past before. Maybe I'm just becoming a jaded. Uh fan at this point where i feel like they're just reiterating and recycling information that we've had over and over and over again in different formats
2: yeah but they definitely what they you could deal with this one they went more into detail about it than they usually have so much to the point where they um they asked take or they asked vince basically go more into detail vince had to vince had to oh sorry vince had to cut his part of the interview because he was going to start crying. Which we've never seen Vince do before. Like Vince literally made the motion, like cut it. That's it. I can't do it. So it definitely shows like how much of a bond those two have. And it definitely I feel like for at least me, it opened more and I guess the reason why whenever Vince says, Hey, I need you, Taker without hesitation comes back. Because Taker even said before, he feel he's seeing Vince like a brother, like a father figure. Um, He had mentioned that he named his son Gunnar Vincent, basically as a tribute to Vince. Hmm. So it it went a lot in the detail. And I, what I like about this series is you're seeing more and more, not just why he's still here, why he's still been here from, 20, from that whole time period of 2017 to 2020 now, but more how he is around everybody in the back. They um showed when he was getting ready for that match with Cena how he started where they built him his own ring so he could just kind of start working and getting good again. Um, Cena mentioned the fact that that's, those promos were almost in a way to kind of fire him up a little bit. Like, it was literally like a half shoot, half work. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, it's just I'm liking it a lot more. I'm liking it more, more every episode because you're really getting to see versus where everybody else sees things. Versus where he sees it, and I think where he sees it, it starts to make a little more sense—not much, but just a little more though.
1: Yeah, I guess. Um, it's it's still hard for me to really. I guess maybe seeing it, they must really tug at the heartstrings because hearing it and just knowing the information I know, it's just kind of like, yeah, it just sounds it still just sounds like bad decisions. I mean, I'm probably the worst Undertaker to take a fan in the world right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah,
2: not necessarily. That's really but yeah, I it's it's one of those things where when you see it, you kind of. I like I can only describe really so much, but watching it's definitely. It's one of those things where I I I would tell some people wait till every episode's out and they just watch it straight through,
3: yeah. But yeah, it's been great
2: still to this point. Um, they did reveal that in, that um, this coming Sunday they are gonna go back to uh, the tag match at Crown Jewel, <laughs> and yeah, let's just say that's definitely a time where they agreed with everybody when it came to the consensus on that match. But what I'm gathering more and more is it's not that he wants. I'd match like the old Undertaker, like the Taker when he was still in his prime. Could still go, but he just wants one where he's not gonna beat himself up afterwards.
0: Yeah, and again. he,
2: but, but he's definitely he even even made it clear again. He knows he's been here longer than he should have been.
1: Yeah, and he's already had those matches, you know. So I yeah. don't even understand why we keep we keep having that conversation with him about having going out on a high note and then going again and then going out on another high note and then going again and again. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit more worried about Triple H because Triple H, on the other hand, uh has he decided if he's going to retire or what's going to happen to him? Is he done and he's just going to he's not on any mania cards anymore. He's not a special feature. Uh, is it getting to that point where he's going to have like a final match and send off? And if so, against who? Because it can't be Taker now. It could have been the two of them retiring. Uh It could have been him, Sean and Taker during that end of an era thing when they were yeah. in the ring together. Uh, so now it's kind of like they're all displaced and it's not really a place to have that kind of closure anymore. 'Cause the era's over and they're still looking for closure to it.
2: Yeah. You know, so it's, 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 it's unfortunate, but I definitely it it seems like this thing has come out for a reason though. And it's yeah. kinda I'm wondering what the end game of this is gonna be.
1: Yeah. I, I, I hear you, I hear you. And, and I'm a big taker fan, but like I said last episode, it, I just keep hearing that uh he's gonna retire. I've been hearing it for literally he, decades yeah. now. <laughs>
2: It's something he and Michelle even says, like every year it's just like, all right, this is the last one. And something happens that gives that gives him, at least in his mind, a reason to go again.
1: That's the reason why
2: you can you can tell he definitely wants to call it quits sooner rather than later.
1: That's the reason why with all good things, television series, anime series, comic books, movie series, it's good to go out on top. Because if you notice, whenever something doesn't know when to end, it usually knows when to stop being good. Yeah, because it always have that really high point and then from there it just kind of goes down
2: Yeah, because he I mean he did mention when it came to the little short thing with Cena he mentioned that he felt at least physically he felt better than he felt in a long time
1: I uh, so it's kinda, it was there for like 10 seconds it was more of an Undertaker yeah. cameo and here's the thing there are Undertaker matches that people watch including myself that we remember everything about the match like how he was when he came out and exactly what happened and what moves were done and you know, yeah. the highlights of the match leading to the finish and what he was wearing. And uh, none of those matches are the ones in recent history. Yeah, unfortunately. You know what not. I mean? Like, I could tell you what he was doing in, in like every WrestleMania going up to like, I want to say
2: maybe 30. 31, I would give myself
1: 30. I'd maybe give myself, yeah, I guess maybe 28, 29, 30 i would and even those are more hazy where it's like if you go yeah. back from those. so that's the point being that when you look at taker the things that make him iconic the entrances, the matches he's had the spots he's done the bumps he's taken the stories he's told have all been long behind him for a long time because all the matches that he has even the ones that aren't bad just aren't memorable i don't remember i don't remember anything honestly after brock lesnar uh broke the streak and i mean i know who the people he faced but i couldn't really tell you the spots or what his entrance was whether there were druids what his finish was or how you know because it's like they're not memorable anymore they're all they're all just whitewash undertaker matches
2: yeah yeah i I could i couldn't agree more and it seems like the more i hear him talk about it he's kind of right there with everybody but it's just I don't know what it is, and I'm hoping more episodes will kind of reveal more, but it's something he's wanting in his match. Where he's he's always, he, I think he used the term even again in this episode, the match, I guess. So I think it's something he's looking for that he hasn't been able to get yet, but it definitely needs to be soon. I'm almost hoping the Boneyard match will see it because the fact that this goes from 2017 to 2020 i'm i don't even necessarily want to say i'm predicting it but i perfect scenario is on the last episode of this he's literally making it clear hey boneyard match was it
1: i hate to say it and i hate to disagree so strongly but let's look at that for a minute let's pan out and look at the undertaker the legacy of the undertaker the career everything that he's had what he's meant to people and stuff and the final page written is and then the boneyard match was it yeah (laughs) by default (laughs) because and i I get they were going for something creative because of the situation we're all in by the fault of that match happening now he has to have another match whether or not it's good or not the boneyard match cannot be it it could have even been the match that i don't remember well it could have even been roman reigns it could have been brock lesnar it can't be the boneyard match, as <laughs> yeah. as entertaining as it was, and as much credit as I give them for improvising in the time that we're in, I that is not a match, man. Like that, it yeah. can't be the boneyard match. The last thing that the Undertaker ever did was him and AJ in a movie, you know. I mean, like, it, no, I, I I don't want that. Yeah, and uh,
2: it definitely seems like the fact that AJ's doesn't seem to be over it though. It seems like they're gonna go again. So it's like. If that's the case, let that one just be done. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like, starting to seem like this like episodic documentary is a slight sign. I'm hoping it's a stronger sign that I'm seeing it now that it might be about when he's getting ready to call it.
1: But the AJ one, let's say that they go with the AJ, right? Like not this boneyard, but they're gonna have a rematch. Oh yeah, like a and real then, And then and then AJ, who's great, can definitely give him the send off that he needs. What a shame that that feud came out of what again? Like I like
2: Oh yeah the fucking oh yeah the Saudi thing. Oh.
1: No, I don't even remember what it was. like AJ was beating up someone in the ring and Undertaker just kind of came out. Yeah, nothing. Yeah to do he, with he he
2: he won the uh the whatever Saudi tournament they had this time.
1: Right and then taking it the, the t- was right? a
2: last minute surprise. Like, yeah wow. so
1: it's kinda like what a weird like there's no there's no personality between these two guys for that to be the end of the i I get he just wants a good match but it's almost like they're forgetting the fundamental rule of the fact that sometimes what leads to a good match is all of the build-up and storytelling that led to the chemistry between the two guys all i know is that undertaker came out and started fighting aj styles it wasn't until aj started talking all that shit about Undertaker and his wife and stuff That it gave it a little bit of personality And even then that was still in retaliation To the fact that Undertaker was there I still don't know why Undertaker was there <laughs> you know Was it just does. because it's Wrestlemania season? So he just was there Like you know the way Santa's around during Christmas And AJ just happened yeah. to be under the chimney you know no, It wasn't I mean? even like,
2: like the best time Where he just shows up because it's Wrestlemania season like,
1: I just kind of feel And even if you're going to give me some thrown together Nonsense give it to me don't just make me assume undertaker's there like aj's a heel undertaker's sick of seeing him run roughshod around what used to be his home and he's watched long enough give me anything because it would make sense but just don't give me nothing like undertaker's just there and he's just fighting aj like sure i could put together the 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 story in my head but that's not what i'm here for i could literally turn the tv off, close my eyes and do that you're supposed to be giving me a reason that's bigger than what they would give me in the games in regards to why undertaker is now fighting aj styles and like i said a promo or two anything maybe have him attack someone or someone that undertaker i know he doesn't have many buddies but like something that can somehow bring this all together you don't just start a feud out of thin air and that's sort of what they do a lot in this company and that's one of the reasons he's having such a hard time finding of uh some closure because it's just like, all right let's just put this guy with this guy and see what happens you two fight you know what do you not like about each other? Suddenly, now that you're in this feud together, like it never used to go that way before. It's such lazy booking. Yeah. It's lazy as hell.
2: Yeah, I, I could. Do you think about that? I couldn't agree more. That's probably what the problem. That's, that's that fact. That's what the problem. That is, is
1: what the problem. Is. They literally you can't need just to tell a story. Throw him into something, and like then that's the, the weight of that story is what's going to culminate in what they call the blow off, which is what you have in that match. If you look at the Ric Flair match, of course it's great that it was Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels, and it was the retirement match. But you know what a lot of people forget that weren't watching Raw every week, uh, don't think about during that era? What also made it great was that this thing lasted a year, didn't it? Where Vince McMahon told Ric Flair that if he loses any match, not just yeah. that match, if you lose any match, you're out of here forever. You, you lose a house show, you're done. So when you really think about it, Ric Flair's last run was one of his most most freaking suspenseful and exciting of of any dude i remember i'll never forget that year every match it was just like this could be rick flair's last match every pay-per-view this could be rick flair's last match and it was literally you always started to believe that this was it and you watched him power through so when Shawn michaels card came up at wrestlemania mr wrestlemania that was build up it was like holy shit this might be rick flair's last legit match now
2: yeah the funny thing about it is it's kind of we're talking about the undertaker for at least for me just because i remember back when they first started feuding that was how it was when um mania 30 showed up and it was brock versus taker i was like wait a minute taker's never beaten him before so i'm sitting there thinking to myself that was the first time i really thought this might be it
1: yeah so you need a build up you need something you know that makes it where when you get to that match it's exciting you know so going back to the Ric flair thing when when he got pinned you weren't just watching the end of the career you were watching the end of that run of that storyline where he successfully beat everybody and remember there were a lot of strong people but wasn't even Brock Lesnar on the roster at
2: one point uh Brock wasn't around that at that time
1: but he was around he final Ric Flair for Brock Lesnar
2: yeah 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 oh yeah I think I was one of Brock's first uh big opponent and i I
1: remember he even tapped people to the figure four not brock but he tapped people to the figure four during this and i mean he had a good run but the point is you can't just have undertaker come in wearing his hat doing his dry intro talking to someone who's a cliche bad guy and get a good match out of that without them having anything to do with one another and i hate to use this as another comparison because in hindsight um I guess in hindsight, it actually looks better than it was going through it. But look at scene, uh, look at Cena and Rock, which I, by the way, went to a lot of those pay-per-views and the Raws during their, their feud. Whether you liked it building up to a year or not, by the end of it, everything that they had said and done to one another somehow played into how they performed in the ring with each other. Yeah. Down to Cena getting cocky at the end and trying to hit the people's elbow and getting screwed over and Rock, Rock doing the kip up and nailing him with the rock bottom. You know what I mean? Like everything that they were doing was almost like in response to something that happened throughout the year, which kept people emotionally invested. And the same thing with That's year two, where Cena didn't screw up this time at the end. It was a whole year of regret yeah. from that fucking yeah, laying was on the ramp. The,
2: you know? I think it was the, it was the worst year cena it had because he was losing
1: all right. the time. But you see, as much as it's not the great, I know some people, it's a polarizing feud. Some people like it, some don't. There, there was something there for you to see it, even as a fan that didn't like it. You would still want to know what happened with the taker stuff. They have nothing like that. He cannot just come walking down the ramp with a hat or to make matters worse. Sometimes they actually promote it, which I, I, I can't even tell you what's worse anymore, man. Like whether or not you want to have it where he just appears out of nowhere, or whether you want to have those times where Michael Cole's reminding you throughout the night that later the Undertaker will be here. It's like, well, why do you do that?
2: Like there's there's a way to set up him just showing up. But the problem is they don't they've seemed forgotten how to do that.
1: And there's a way to lead into a big feud too. You know what? It's kind of strange and it might not be able to still happen, but to me the closest fathomable thing to putting this whole entire thing behind us. And I know it's redundant especially for myself. But why don't we just have Undertaker versus Kane at WrestleMania and retire both guys? You
2: know what? That's actually a pretty good idea. Why not
1: Kane? Because he can't fight some kid who's not in his era as his final match. Kane can yeah. still go, right?
2: Yeah, I mean Kane we've we only seen him maybe a handful of times in the past couple of years, but both times we've seen him. He's looked like he still has he's looked like he still has something left in the tank. And if anybody can get a good match, I would take her at this point in time. It's got to be Kane. It. It's got to be Kane. Wow. I can't believe <laughs> I walked into that. Oh, my yeah. God. I never realized it. But, <laughs> but it would be a good send off. forget yeah, for the both of them.
1: I say do it, man.
2: Yeah, pull the trigger. I I, I almost started to say go Shawn Michaels, but I don't feel like them. They Like, Shawn needs to just stay retired.
1: No more he, Shawn Michaels.
2: Gonna, like, like he, he's he been gone since WrestleMania 26. We don't need Sean. Like,
1: yeah, that was stuff isn't canon.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, as you notice, I didn't know what stuff.
1: <laughs> but as, much yeah, as, it, guess... as much as we try not to canonize it, anytime anyone brings up Shawn Michaels coming back, the first image that flashes across my head is the moonsault where he doesn't get caught. I don't know why that is, and I feel terrible about it.
2: You know what the sad part about it is, when I watched the trailer, because I'd forgotten how bad it looked, they uh they showed the trailer for episode three and I was like oh his face just hit the ground I was like oh Jesus Jesus
1: the look on his face looked like a man who knew that that was gonna hurt for a long time
2: as <laughs> that as that situation where you stub your toe and you know you hurt but the pain ain't kicked in yet
1: no but it kicked in go back and look at oh. his face right upon collision <laughs> it kicked all up. like he had he looked like he had pain regret everything like every shit emotion you could. When he hit the ground, that's what made it suck more that I could see in his face that he wishes he didn't come to Saudi Arabia. That, that is the, someone needs to get a screenshot of that. That is what I'd like to call wishes. You weren't in Saudi Arabia face
0: <laughs>
1: because even if you didn't know the spot leading up to that, you could tell by his face that he wishes he wasn't there. It was like
2: every, every moment that led up to that, he gets regretted. And he should. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, man, you could have just stayed retired, kept it pure. Oh, no, they had to throw the Saudi
1: money in. At least we know he'll never come back because it took a tremendous amount of money for Shawn Michaels to come back. And even then, he did it reluctantly. I thought he was one of the few that wasn't going to do it. And he did. They'll never get him to do it again now. Not after all the pain he went through. Oh, no. He almost died out there in one Rish. match. So that's the thing. He knew when to say when. Unfortunately, Taker didn't. And here we are waiting for I don't know who to come out of retirement to fight him.
2: Like Jesus Christ!
1: Like, just, like he,
2: everybody ended that match, he had a look on his face with a bloody nose. Like, man, I'm glad I didn't die.
1: Yeah, something else, man. But
2: yeah, definitely. If you haven't been watching it yet, last ride, um, last ride, Undertaker, absolutely fantastic so far.
1: You should be cool. Still riding. It really is. and like, Jesus last Christ! And... Yet can't be last ride till he. Rides. he
2: he even Sir phrase at one point, he was to ride to the wheels, fall off, and I was like, no, nah, no.
1: Nah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Nah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right there. With what do you me. guys think? I got one more with me? Nah.
1: No, you don't, sir. You do not have uh-huh. one no more in you. I'm going to watch it, though. Just, I'm probably going to feel bad and it's going to tug at the hard yeah. strings, but I don't think so, man. I really don't. Terry Funk's going to have one next, right? Oh, God. About all his Terry retires. Funk should have had
2: like seven by now.
1: Terry Funk retires every day.
2: That, mother- <laughs> that motherfucker won the ECW championship at barely legal and retired in the crowd and it said, "Nah, I think I got one more in me."
1: One time I put Terry Funk in my universe and I had to, you know, the calendar. Like I had to make it where every Wednesday was a Terry Funk retirement. Like it would have NXT <laughs> SmackDown on Fridays, Raw in the middle, but instead of NXT, right on Wednesday, there was a Terry Funk retirement every week. <laughs>
2: That must have been a wonderful graphic <laughs> show of Every Wednesday night Okay next week on Terry Funk Retirement
1: He still wrestles now right I can't wait till his next retirement
2: Oh, geez.
1: Probably going to be against Tommy Dreamer right <laughs> I feel like a few of them were yeah, Maybe He gets retired the way Ric Flair gets married You know it's incredible Is that what Undertaker wants to have a bunch of retirement Didn't one time Undertaker leave his boots in the ring or something
2: Yeah they, they even talked about when he left uh, The show of cool adventure the fact that when he left the hat and everything in the ring, she was just like, "It's the first time he broke character on camera in thirty years." When he kissed me. And I was just like, "Yeah, that should have been it."
1: And that wasn't <laughs> it either. There was still more story to tell. It's like shit. <laughs> like, there's so much story to tell.
2: Yo, know, I swear to God, like I think I found like the equivalent. I wish I could find the shot of him. What well, I think I found the equivalent to like the Undertaker Street guy. There's like an Undertaker crying guy, and it's this black dude who's just crying like in the crowd. Oh my god! Every time I think of that now, I see him. Like we don't understand that that night fucked people up. Like I'm a real thug to you. I was like, <laughs> 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 he, he was crying like he was trying to be hard still. He was like, man, I ain't gonna cry, but man, this is dramatic.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I
2: mean, man, I grew up with this man, man, but I ain't gonna cry like no bitch though. <laughs> man, Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah, like I said, I still I still want good things for him, you know. But it's yeah. just it just feels like it's we need to move on, you know.
2: Yeah, it it just, it kind of bothers me, the fact that, like, it it bothered me more to see how hard he was on himself with the Roman match, and the fact that it's like, it seems like now with um, him getting ready to talk about that crown jewel match, it's like, dude, like, you're gonna get ready to want to retire, and then something's gonna happen in that match that's gonna make you want to be like, nah, I can't go out like that, and it's like, it's gonna be, it's like a vicious cycle.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, let's move on to some other stories here. And we'll get back to The Undertaker next week. How many episodes is this thing?
2: Uh, it's going to be five.
1: Five episodes, okay.
2: More after this one.
1: Very cool. Retromania. Remember that?
2: Oh, God, I remember Retromania.
1: Yeah, I barely remembered it. But there's been some news in regards to the world of Retromania. For anyone who doesn't remember, I'm putting a graphic on the screen here. Real quick, just so you get an idea. Good God, is that a real graphic? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. Tommy Dream doesn't look fat; he just looks deformed. Like he just... it looks more exciting than the new WWE game that's coming out.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah.
1: So the two edgeheads are uh, what are their names now? It's no longer Zack Ryder and uh
2: Kerr I mean, Kurt Kurt Hawkins. Hawkins is still there, but
1: it's Matt Cardin and and Brian Myers. Oh yeah, yeah. Apparently, they're going to be in this. Really. Yeah,
2: and hey, look at them over there making moves and shit.
1: Yeah, they get to be in a. In this, I think, we get a graphic here. I am going to send it out to to Twitter for you guys too. Yeah, there Oh my god, <laughs> right little cartoony versions why, of them.
2: Why does Ryder look like he's cosplaying to be the Fonz? Like he looks like when you click on his character, he's gonna go hey.
1: The whole gimmick though is it being retro though. Do they? They don't. They're not old enough to be considered retro, right?
2: Uh, the yeah. fucking, the size of Hawkins' chin. Oh, Sugar Saints Potato Heads. I'm done. Oh,
1: It's a unique art style. Definitely it was, it was done deliberately because you saw the other guys look like that. Yeah. So this is coming out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Steam July of 2020. Right around the corner? Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, we're probably going to get it, right? It's not like we have any other wrestling games to play. to huh? you know, something. <laughs> yeah you know well, why what game are you playing 18
2: 19
1: and 20 i don't know how you managed to play 20 still there was mass panic when they accidentally were misquoted or they miss they they, they miss uh spoke saying that they were going to shut down the servers to 2k19 everyone freaked out huh, yeah they had, to, they had to make it sad when your game is 2k20 and you have to say listen announcement we are not closing down the 2k19 servers we apologize for any confusion like people were freaking <laughs> they were like what are we going to play oh god but so they had to assure everyone that the service for the actual real game is going to be around and uh i don't know if that franchise is ever coming back to be honest with you it would be amazing to make a recovery from uh the mistakes that have been made the things that have been done <laughs> you
2: freaking duke newcomb somehow may have come back for me huh?
1: Yeah, when the good one come back. Where where where's the comeback? Show me. I have. Whatever it the <laughs> comeback. At?
2: Abomination waiting. was before. They were just like, "Hey was guys, it's back." Like, Fifteen no. years of waiting.
1: Fifteen years. And the it's game they sadness. gave you guys for Duke Nukem was nonsense. It was thorough nonsense. Look how long you waited for nonsense.
2: Oh God! Damn, Sugar Saints said about as bad as Legends of Wrestling. Wow. Arf, oh man.
1: no. Don't you make me relive game. that. Yeah, right. That was a pretty miserable game, wasn't it?
2: Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, what was that one for like know. the PS2 where they clicked the a button? Reaction took like 30 seconds. And-
1: uh-huh. 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 So, Drew Gulak is gone from WWE, apparently.
2: Yep. Another one bites the dust.
1: Added to the list of casualties. No more Drew Gulak. Isn't that something else?
2: After having God what had there been the freaking match of the night almost with Daniel Bryan like a day later gone.
1: He allowed his contract to run out is what I'm seeing here. So he wasn't released and he has no 90 day compete clause which means that as of immediately he can just appear anywhere else. He is a free agent by every means of the word. Every definition ah, true. of the word. And uh, we're hearing that they tried to work out a deal, him and WWE, but there was a conflict in regards to money and the deal fell apart. And uh, they just didn't have any extra money to pay him. I guess he wanted more than he was getting and they didn't have it. So he just let his contract expire.
2: Well, that's all they want to go.
1: I mean, if this is true, and it's not that he was released, but it's that he asked them for more money and they declined. That that might mean that he's already aware of a better offer.
2: <laughs> That's a dangerous piece of information right there.
1: Because no one's going to turn down a contract if they're making good money unless they're certain that there's something else better. So it's very possible that he's already been given an offer of some sort. And he went to them and said, look, you know, I, I know I'm worth as much. What do you say? And they said, no. And he said, all right. And now he's going to go take that offer. The
2: question is where now?
1: I've heard rumblings. I've heard also that... uh nwa power is interested obviously. yeah
2: i did hear i think what was it nick aldis want
1: him there yeah we heard that aew obviously is interested what was it joey janela said something like there would be no joey janela if it wasn't for drew gulock you know like he's like a lot of people uh you know really been motivated by his wrestling over the years going back to the indies before 205 and the cruiserweights and stuff you know he was just one of those kind of guys so uh yep he's okay. free now so we're gonna see him somewhere i think pretty quickly
2: Oh, yeah. No 90-day no ninety compete clause. Might as well jump on it. Don't waste no time.
1: Yeah. Rachel Elring is another person who's officially, I think there were suspicions, but she's someone who's officially been uh, confirmed as gone. Um, I really
2: barely did anything with her.
1: <laughs> yeah, she actually put out, I'm going to run it here and I'm going to share it on Twitter, but she actually put out a video in regards to being gone. I like the way the video went from her name getting backspaced over being uh, Rachel Everest to Rachel Elring I'll struggle her little indie sequences and spots and places she's been
0: right and
2: showing like hey y'all can keep y'all little marky y'all don't want to give me my real last name name like Good for her, yeah, definitely quite a bit of symbolism in that. Like,
1: yeah, it's weird how she never got really any kind of notoriety in WWE, right?
2: Yeah, it's because they changed her last name because they didn't want her to have any.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see what they do with her now. But just to uh, recap, that brings us to 11 with Cassius ono, Tino Sabatelli, Tainara conti Cesaro Bonani, or Caesar Bonani, or Mars Wang, Muhammad. Abdi or Muhammad Fahim, as he was known, Marcos Gomez, Edgar Lopez, Faisal, Kurdi Hassan, Aldegao, and Yi Feng, a.k.a. Rocky. But, well, uh, yeah, those are people from the under roster that were cut. We're also hearing that the vice president of global television production, Michael Mansory, is gone. He gave notice a while ago that he was going to be leaving, and, um. Uh, He's considered part of Triple H's group there. He was, like, considered the next Kevin Dunn. We always talked about how Kevin Dunn is a Vince McMahon guy, and when Vince is gone, Kevin will be gone, and Triple H and Steph's people will take over. Well, this guy was considered one of Triple H's people. Yeah. So uh, we don't know what's going to happen in regards to that, but he's gone. So it's interesting because we're starting to see, like, a lot of people heading out. You know, we're starting to see stock being sold. I mean, we could speculate all we want, but everyone in the company sold a lot of stock. A lot of people have left positions in the company. Um, it's it's strange. It's a very strange situation that we're in right now.
2: Yeah, it's intriguing. Like never seen um like people leaving like this.
1: Yeah, no, I haven't either. It's they're they're in a weird spot. Like there's that situation that's happening with Vince McMahon and the X F L guy. You hear about that, the commissioner of the XFL?
2: Yeah, they we um sued him for wrongful
1: termination right yeah he sued him for wrongful termination but then apparently Vince uh I I guess Vince was trying to avoid the guy or whatever let me see if I could find out here exactly what the deal was yeah Meltzer basically said that he heard a couple of weeks ago that Vince was ignoring Oliver Luck all the way across because when Vince figured out that he was gonna fold um that's when he avoided him because he knew he was on the hook for 25 million dollars with the guy so this is the reason why they've had issues in regards to that. And uh yeah, basically, like you said, Luck filed a wrongful termination lawsuit. he being sued for breach of contract after firing Luck. And according to McMahon's legal team, they're saying that Luck neglected his job in the early days of the pandemic. And uh they basically said that Luck used his XFL iPhone for personal reasons. He signed... Uh, Former NFL player Antonio Callaway after Vince said not to hire him because of previous legal problems. And, uh, they basically, Vince McMahon's attorneys presented this in a pre-trial motion that was held. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. So that's almost like a countersuit style thing that's going on here.
2: It's crazy.
1: And yeah, his contract was for five million with annual salary of two million annual bonus. And McMahon admitted to that in court. And if they prove that Oliver was filed for a reason, um, for, for, for a reason that the guarantee will no longer be valid unless he'd been fired for a good reason. So that's interesting. So yeah, Vince has a lot of enemies here. And also we got, uh, what's this guy's name here? Malki Malkikawa? Kawa, Malki <laughs> Kawa. He's, uh, he represents a bunch of UFC people and he has connections in the NFL. Apparently, he, oh, twe- yeah. he tweeted out and said, hey, Vince McMahon, you might want to relax and using Callaway as a way out. Don't make me expose the BS and XFL and you, and you were on. The XFL you, and you were on. Don't make me expose that. the BS, the XFL and you were on. So I guess Vincent w- was doing some strange, shady stuff with the XFL.
2: God, that's pissing off everybody. Jesus.
1: Well, I guess because he decided to use Calloway as part of the excuse in the lawsuit. So, yeah. Vince is, uh... (laughs) Vince has heat. Vince has a lot of heat right now. Good God. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I guess the old man will be in a bad mood given everything that's been happening, right?
2: I mean, I would be too.
1: You know. They say that people backstage try to avoid him now. Like, they hide in their cars and they you know, they hide in the parking lot. Like they don't go anywhere near Vince, like, because the normal wants to get in his way during what's happening.
2: They wouldn't either. <laughs>
1: He's becoming like the real Mr. McMahon as much as they say that, uh, that he, he isn't right. So, yeah. You know, be careful if you're part of the, the people Vince is on the brawl for. He's been coming up with new rules. Apparently. Um, he said that, uh, he doesn't like the way the referees are respected in the ring. So he wants the refs to come off as more legit. So, uh and that's the reason apparently why there was a uh, confusion about the Rollins and Murphy against Rey Mysterio, Alistair Black ending in DQ because uh this was part of the refs coming off as more legit. Like he wants them to be like real refs. Like we do not take anything. They enforce things. And uh I guess he's paying attention more now that there's not as much to pay attention to aside from what's happening in the ring. And, uh, he's now gone around and he's told a lot of the talent straight up to not dive. Like he doesn't want people diving in their matches anymore. And I know this is strange to hear, but he's basically said, no, you know, he's told people take dives out of the matches. He hasn't really, uh, given any explanation except for you not to dive. So
2: see, he gonna need, um, some explaining for that. Cause I mean, <laughs>
1: And apparently the producers don't understand. The bookers don't understand. And the people backstage were stressed to the point of exhaustion is what the terminology that's being used.
2: Jesus.
1: And yeah. So it's kind of hard for them to do matches because they have to remember to do things such as don't dive. So for people who are high flyers, there's going to be a lot less diving.
2: Yeah. Like you're almost kind of cutting a good portion of their matches out. Like
1: also another rule and you're going to have to help me follow this one to make sure that I'm, I don't know. Ringside reporting this from Brian Alvarez and Wrestling Observer. An illegal man in a tag team match can't touch a legal man unless he's breaking up a pinfall attempt. So when a legal tag takes place, the team tagging in can beat up the legal opponent for five seconds, but the illegal man can't touch any competitor who is legal. At the same time, two illegal guys can't fight each other during the match. So, uh, um, <laughs> that's the, that's the reason why Rollins, when Rollins attacked Rey Mysterio, the match ended. Yeah. So he on, wasn't one more illegal, so was one but time Hold on, one more time. Hold on. In a tag match, a legal man can't touch an illegal man can't touch a legal man unless, okay. So in that case, not breaking the pinfall, right So if a legal man, if there's a legal tag, Then the team that's tagging can beat up the opponent, but the illegal guy can't touch any legal people during that. But if two illegal guys can't fight each other at all,
2: what the fuck?
1: It makes sense. If, I mean, yeah, sure. If we're trying to really make this have tight rules like that, I could come up with a bunch of other stuff too. Like you shouldn't keep chairs and foreign objects anywhere near the ring. Also, um. You know, you shouldn't be allowed to clothe fit somebody at all. Like what I don't get it. Like, yeah, sure. I guess. There's
2: there's so um, many rules in that that sound like they're just literally unwriting what like two rules ago
1: was. It sound it just sounds like like he wants to make this all come off more legit, where I guess it's more challenging for people to get away with shit, which trust me it will be. You know? <sighs> so this is the reason why people have been hiding from him backstage. Staying out of his line of sight uh, I guess this combined with him Dealing with lawsuits and stuff So now the brand rules Because remember there's also now brand rules We talked about how there's no longer a wild card <sighs> there's, there's brand rules Uh And I guess I didn't hear them when they talked about it on Smackdown Because I was half listening to Smackdown I didn't care So the way the brand rules work is Superstars can go to different brands Four times a year
2: How long do they break that?
1: I don't know, but it, but like the points out here Charlotte was on SmackDown and she's going to wrestle Bailey, So that's two of the times of the year already used, if that's the way it and works for SmackDown. And that's only
2: because they kicked this in after she'd already been on what,
1: three other times? And what do they mean by a year, you know? And
2: they, 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 they sound like they literally mean. They don't
1: include that. NXT either in this.
2: What the fuck? Oh my God. Could they just keep the goddamn brand separate? Like, just. Like if it's no, not Survivor Series, I, like, I say
1: don't keep anything separate right now. Just have wrestling on uh, Mondays and fucking Fridays with whoever you got. Have a run sheet in the back on a dry erase board like we used to do. Have a dry erase marker with this dry erase board. Look around the locker room, see who's there, and then take the dry erase marker and the dry erase board and start writing matches on it. You know, like Bobby Lashley versus baron corbin check and then do another one and keep right until you have it that's how you do it you know there should be no brand what do they mean brand they're lucky they have one brand they, they should are, combine they everything about, they, they, and just have whoever they can since there's so many people who are travel restricted right now that are in canada and the uk and everything they're, like well there should be no brand and then to make it four times for one year it doesn't make any sense it just sounds like they're just making shit up as they go along at this point
2: oh this is exactly what they're doing and when somebody goes over five, they're going to be like, "Oh, but there's a champion." That's been. Like, get the fuck out of here! So like, four
1: times in one year. You see how complicated this is? This is ridiculous. What if they use Dende? Do we get another four times if we use oh, Dende? For fuck's sake. <laughs> 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 Unbelievable! So this is uh this is Vince's this is Vince's vision of 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 plans. There was also a storyline they were apparently going to do, uh, according to WrestleVotes. This storyline was going to last weeks, but because of the Pandemic, they decided not to do it. Uh, They compared it to something as big as when Vince blew up in the limo when the Nexus showed up. This is going to be like a big angle that was going to happen. (laughs) So every time they're about to do something big, people actually dying cancels it. Oh, God. (sighs) Right? Unbelievable. Vince, what are you doing? You tell me about Vince.
2: Oh, my God. It's just funny to say that you could think that it's like, oh, it's going to be big as. Back when shit was good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the hell's going on here. But they need to stop worrying about making up new things and just making the old shit work correctly. I think that makes more sense, don't you?
2: It makes way more sense. There's so many things that are wrong right now that need to just like stop being a thing. Like I don't know if you've heard, but apparently one thing I've been hearing is um the whole Charlotte NXT Women's Champion thing has not been working as well as they thought it would. And I'm sitting there going, well, when you hand the girl 45 titles in two weeks, shit does not go quite well. (laughs) There's so many things where I don't think they're understanding. People don't want to see that. Like, there's so many things they're doing. Like, there's so many things where I've noticed they have this habit of defaulting to a lot of stuff. When they don't know what what to do with the world championship, default to Brock. When they don't know what to do with a women's championship, default to Charlotte. Yeah, it's when they don't know amazing. what to, when they don't know what to do with another with a tag title, def, default to some other team. Like it's like I said, going into WrestleMania, Charlotte might be the better wrestler, but Rhea Ripley's actually something fresh. Yeah. They gave that title no way to grow because they just said, "Up, oh, default." Like too much stuff they're doing, they're just going to the default. Stop defaulting. New save, please. Like do something different. Get off recruiting difficulty WWE. It's not that difficult.
1: Uh, like I said, I need to see more of the Charlotte thing. I'm not completely, I'm not yeah. as unsold on it as you are. because The I,
2: problem with was... it is, is just like, it's not even that I don't like the idea of Charlotte as champion. It's just like, it seems like when they don't know what to do, that's the first thing they do. And the problem is they're, they're trying to build ratings out of it, but they don't understand that like a lot of people like Rhea as champion because we watched Shayna tear through that whole division and it was something fresh then they just handed, it then after one defense it's like okay so Charlotte just gets to swoop in and just boop like pick it like Daisy like what? Yeah. It, was, it was I think it was I think it was kind of one of the things where a lot of the fans who don't like this whole thing realize that Rhea needed that win more than Charlotte did. Charlotte could afford to lose a WrestleMania. But it's like if Rhea does it's just like wait so that's just it.
1: Yeah, that sucks.
2: It it, it, it was more the circumstance behind it that I think souring people on it.
1: Well, they still have time to recover, and I do use the pandemic as part of an excuse because they really haven't had any time to really do too much with Charlotte interacting with NXT people. And what we have gotten has been good. The Rhea Ripley stuff was good. The stuff with her and Io Shirai was solid. So, you know, I don't really
2: have too stuff much. Stuff to with about. her and me. as well, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. So what are we yeah. really complaining about? I don't know why. What, what part of it are they saying didn't work?
2: I think what what a lot, well, I think what, at least from what I've been hearing from some of the things I've seen, It's the jumping of the brands because they're feel. I think a lot of people are feeling like she's doing more on the other two shows than
1: the show where she's representing as champion. And they're not turning her into Tom Brady because listen, she's she's just that good. On it, she's just that obviously better than everyone else and i hate to put her over like that but when i look at charlotte compared to everybody else the reason why she's where she is is because she's that much better than everybody else she's literally the full package and unless we have somebody else who's also the full package which to be honest we really don't they're gonna use her i mean becky's about as close as it gets becky's really good like i said that's a top girl right there but then beneath that uh and there's still other good girls there, but there's no one to that level. There's no one to the level of a Becky or Charlotte right now on the roster. And just because Rhea Ripley's alright, doesn't make her a Becky or a Charlotte. It's just a different tier of yeah. performer. You know? Yeah,
2: and I mean, and at the end of the day, it was the same thing. Cause guess what? Brady was just that fucking good. So yeah. literally the dynamic makes exactly the same things. I think the only thing that, at least with me, is a Charlotte, is it just it felt like it was too much too soon. Oh. But I mean, yeah, Charlotte. I mean, that yeah, that's hands down. When it comes like pure athleticism, that's literally the best girl they have. Like top to bottom, she can wrestle any style of match with anybody.
1: Yeah, and I and that alone makes it worth it, you know. Yeah. And uh, again, her character the promos—they they have her. They don't—they have those girls up there because they only have two girls that are at that level, and they're just utilizing them. Just it's it's no different for the girls now than it was during any other era when it was brett and sean or rock and austin where it's just like no one was really going well you know you should really try road dog in austin you know and it's and and, and no one questioned it because you just kind of knew that this that these two girls are at that level and when they're in the ring there's an energy there and it's like no one else really has that so it's like charlotte kind of fits a bit sasha for a while was up there too you know, I don't yeah, know what think, happened. Um, but Sasha for a while was at that what, what was sort of vibrating at that level of um notoriety. But these other yeah. girls, especially someone like Rhea Ripley who just came fresh off of NXT UK and is now here, there's no way. It would have been so weird for her to be able to uh just get that W so quickly, you know. And uh at this point, who else could they have? It's a good t- it's a good learning phase for a lot of the talent that's under there to get Charlotte to have another run. As well. And it's not like she's doing anything. If she would have stayed on the main roster, what would they have done with her? You know, it, it, I think it helps her put the world, the, the NXT world title over a bit more as well, too. You know, if yeah. You I mean, she is the first,
2: your, I think she's the first alum to come back and win a championship. So
1: if you're going to have prestige to one of your lesser titles, what better way to do it than to have like one of the greatest women of all time carrying it around? You know, yeah. I think I don't, I don't have any complaints with it. Yeah. So uh, I,
2: I think more of the claim is not even necessarily a thing where it's a company. I think it's just more me. But yeah, definitely. There's nothing really wrong with it. Just things where I think I would have done it a little bit better. But I mean, she was just freaking Charlotte. Like, I mean, she's her father's daughter to a T to the point where she's been running this place since
1: she showed up. So You know, Rhea will get her shot, if she, assuming she deserves yeah. it. Assuming she's able to carry the weight of the kind of matches that Charlotte puts on. Yeah, I'm sure she'll get her shot. No reason to hold yeah. her back. Let's see what happens first, though, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I just think I would. It's, when I look at it, I was like, it was her first WrestleMania. And she made history as being the first NXT Women's Champion to defend on that stage. So it's kind of, I always looked at like, who who could have used that win more? But yeah, you definitely make a good point when it came to like Charlotte's skill versus what we've seen a real skill.
1: Yeah, it has to be grounded. You know, it has to make some level yeah. of sense. We can't have that underdog story against everyone.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the one thing where they mess it up. They do the underdog thing too many times. So, it makes it really hard when you get one where it would have been okay, but it's already been running to the ground.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So, what happened to Leo Rush and Mark Henry? I don't fucking know. What? Why
2: can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends?
1: I don't know. That's, that's what I'm trying to find out <laughs> out.
2: I legit wait for an answer, too. Like
1: <laughs> That's what I'm trying to find out. No, no, dude, dude I don't know. I'm. I'm finding it's just, it came out of nowhere form. like
2: i wasn't ready for this right. i started seeing this pop up and i was like yo where did this come from like
1: well you guys know i no longer really or hardly ever anymore really review anything for you guys so i'm checking now leo rush this starts apparently with a tweet from leo rush where he says woke up remembering the time mark henry said i lied to him to his face and then continued to bury me on his podcast while telling me i need to learn how to spend my money better Shit was crazy Sorry man I didn't mean to have a wife and two kids On top of other responsibilities And he tweets again Shit was sad We all are supposed to be looking out for each other Hey Mark Henry This needs to be addressed Because you out here still lying On my name to this day And then he puts uh This video up apparently Let's see what the hell this is That we got here To help him navigate and you know he got the right to say, you know. you were helping him navigate that's it that's, oh. the, that's the big uh, revelation why do you think Leo Rush was so salty about that
2: I have no idea like,
1: <laughs> there's more or I'm just saying at this point before we even get into where the the, the heat starts to really boil here like what the hell do you think Cause I'm trying to figure out what the, the trigger is that made this go off before we even get into the uh yeah it's... into the rest of it like it's it's just so weird. Like, just called on Mark Henry. It's a storyline? It's some kind of, no, it's no, some some kind of like an
2: action. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, just, it's so confusing. Like, Jesus Christ, why, why why, are
1: everybody mad? Like, we, He was helping him navigate.
2: Yeah, man. He didn't tell him to go left soon enough? Like, Jesus.
1: So then he com- continues tweeting, tired of the bullshit. If you want to talk, put me on your podcast so we can have a conversation for the world to hear. Wrestling is supposed to be one of the most positive things in the world, but somehow, some way, some people within the business like to make it a miserable experience for others. This right here was trash-like behavior, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. had so much respect for him until he said this publicly, I might add. And it was basically him. At one point, I think we even played the audio on here a while back where he just talked about how Leo Rush, how he didn't have money for certain things and what was he doing with his money and he was spending it wrong. Whatever. So Mark Henry tweeted and he said that he doesn't have to answer to anyone and that he he said what he said and he tried to help and mentor many and he can't make people do what he knows to work. Okay. All right. <laughs> so then uh, Leo Rush went on to say, uh, I guess he's quoting Henry here when he was saying, maybe you need to budget your money a little bit better. And he was like, don't even know why I'm entertaining this. Keep my name in your mouth, if you please. You literally have nothing better to do than to continue to talk crap emoji on a situation that happened over a year ago about 20 about a 25 year old who just lost his damn job sorry guys but i've been holding my breath for way too long people like this need to get called out it's sickening it's disappointing and extremely discouraging i love my fans and i pray that one day in the future the state of this kind of matter progresses and this is why african-american talent on the biggest platform will continue not to have equal opportunity because people like you constantly tear your own people down a damn shame, honestly. Whoa. <laughs> man. Heat. Yikes.
2: It's crazy. Is that a hall of pain? Hall of heat.
1: So then Mark Henry said something back here. Dear God, this, they're still going. This was on Busted <laughs> Open. This was on Busted Open Radio, I guess. Yeah, this was on. Oh. Freaking, uh, hold on, let me pull this up for a minute here. Yeah, they went back and forth a bit, huh? This turns into right. a straight up. This <laughs> turned into like a straight up war. Jesus Christ. All right, let's hear this.
0: God has been very good to me. Gave me the heart to understand this world in a way that you wouldn't ever understand. And I'm one of wrestling's royalty around the world. My name is spoke very highly of. There's a reason that I've been around for 24 years and have never been fired. I've helped found a group called The Delegation. It's all of the elite African-American wrestlers around the world. The conversation last night was about you, Leo. And they were like, do you want us to come for him? What did I say? No, don't come for him. Drop the attitude. Quit acting like the world is against you because they're not. They're against your actions. It's not about race. It's about being a man. And when it comes to You know, one African-American hurting another (laughs) African-American, you might want to ask somebody, man. I'm untouchable, and I am arrogant to an extent, just like you thought. When I said what I said, and I'll say what I said, you'll arguably never know anybody that knows more about this business than I do. (laughs) You're worried about you more than you're worried about wrestling. Once you let wrestling be the president, you'll be all right.
1: Oh, wow. He was like, when it comes to African Americans, I I know more of them than you do. And I have to stop them from kicking your ass. <laughs> Yo,
2: you're that shit too, right?
1: Yeah, it was some effect on the video or whatever it was. Whatever okay. Cause that, was it. Like, that wasn't him. The... That was something on there. I don't know what it was. It was a transition effect or something. I don't know.
2: Listen, there. Like, I'm, every time it happened, I looked up like, oh, I just fucking hear that!" Like,
1: that's some. You understand shit, how man.
2: like funny it is to look at a still picture of Mark Henry and Leo watching every other sentence you hear, fucking.
1: <laughs> he took that shit <laughs> seriously.
2: It's like a fucking metronome.
1: <laughs> Got to be careful, Leo. Not making a lot of friends, right? Right.
2: Not it's not good. too many black people, man.
1: Apparently, Mark had more to say because he also spoke to TMZ. Oh Lord. Yeah, I know. Let me see here what we got. Oh, Lord. Just by the title, it sounds special. (laughs) The reason that he came out with it now
0: is because um, he knew that I get a lot of attention and I have a lot of followers and he released the album or a song or something. And he wanted to use that to further his, you know, uh, get some attention, get some buzz. Mm. Not mad at him. If he would have called me, I would have done it anyway. Just we would have just worked it. It would have been
3: <laughs> right.
0: I would have I really talked it up. We would have made world news. Uh, but now he said something slanderous. and uh, you can't question my blackness like nobody can question my black pull my black card. No, not allowed. Nobody. Uh, if you go down to the the to the performance center at NXT. Um, probably 25 i think people of color in the facility probably about 80 plus percent of them uh i helped get them there <laughs> i mean it's completely the opposite So him to go there was absolutely the worst thing that that he could have possibly done and um you know, I, I mean, it's it's one of those things. If, if I take legal action for slander, then I I, I will. But I'm, I'm not sure yet. Uh, Are you
3: thinking about that, Mark, just because this was so hurtful to you?
0: Yeah, this is this is too much. They're like, this is not a wrestling angle. Um, this is him trying to get attention for himself. My, my lawyer went to Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of lawyers he deal with. But, uh, you know, like, you know. I got them idling people around me.
3: You got a good lawyer. And they are pissed. Well, what does he have to do, Mark? What can he do? Because I assume you don't want to go. I assume you don't want to take legal action just because that'll cost you money.
0: I don't want to do it because it's going to cost
3: him money and it's going to cost me money. Right. So what can he do? Or is there anything he can do?
2: That is the face of a man who you don't want heat with.
1: Yeah, you really don't. You really don't. I see this man's killed people yeah he uh he basically implied that he stopped your assassination leo rush
2: you you were gonna die tonight
1: yeah he was ready to end you
2: (laughs) he was in a no response zone, motherfucker don't play
1: with me leo rush tweets and by the way mark henry if you saved my job back then thanks you were my first wrestling tour back in the day luckily it didn't talk one more thing if you don't mind Good for you for getting that 80% hired. I wasn't one of them, though, so I owe you nothing. You weren't signing my checks, nor did I work for you. I don't even know you. Stop being weird. I was taught not to talk to strangers.
2: That motherfucker hit him with a stranger danger. Hell no.
1: Is ACH a part of the delegation, right? Yeah, what
2: do we have? No, we have? no, no. We we don't we don't claim him anymore, Shane. Yeah. Which side don't no, just kind of funny. I've been here. he's trying to apologize now. No, boo-boo. No. Yeah, you
1: you got to hear from someone credible from the black community, you
3: know? Uh, right. You and Leo rushed together. I thought Leo was really coming into his own. He says he doesn't really know why it ended. Do you? No, no, not at all. Um, man, I like that kid. Yeah. I really do. What do you make of all this stuff with Mark Henry at the moment, man? Uh, man, I don't get into that. You know what? I, I I had a text message sent to me before that. Before um before we got on, I had a, interviews earlier. And I just put Laugh Out Loud on it. And I was like, <laughs> I'll look into it but, it, but it's not like that, man. I think in this wrestling business, a lot of tempers arise from different things and not understanding. And I think that um, one thing that we, we don't want to do is start putting ourselves against each other. That's mm. one thing that we always did in the wrestling business, and we shook hands when we came in the door. So I'm going to respect you. I'm going to respect everybody, but I respect everyone. And if you can send me an article where I downplayed someone or made somebody look bad or i said something negative about somebody send it to me because i don't know that i've ever done that and i never will Uh, we're all going out there trying to achieve one goal and entertaining the fans and make money together so Mm. um i hope that after i read this stuff with with uh, mark henry and leo that it's not something where they're bringing each other down Mm. I hope there's just like a confusion of something where they can just kind of like wash this out and then keep moving forward because mark henry is always going to be mark henry and he has a legacy that is going to live on forever. And Leo Rush is a kid that has a tremendous amount of, tremendous amount of talent across the board. Mm. The music that he's doing, between just podcasting. I, I, I like, I did a podcast with him, um, in ring stuff. The kid is incredibly, incredibly talented. So I hope that both these guys understand that one guy's here and one guy's on the rise and they can help each other out or maybe can do something with each other. I think. Um, there's no way, shape, or form I feel that they should be bringing each other down.
1: Well said. You see, he's well-spoken. Mm-hmm. So That's why they keep him around. There you go. He's only confused when the wrestling begins. <laughs> 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 you know? uh, he's a good guy. A good guy. There like,
2: uh, you go, Lashley. Look at you.
1: Good guy out and out of the ring. Wow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> out and out of the ring. Should I write that one down? Go for it. <laughs> it. might be the greatest time I've ever ever heard in my life.
1: Go for it. Oh. Okay, so, in a bit of morbid news here, uh, I'm sure you guys have already heard it, but, uh, Shad Gaspard went missing, I guess we would say yesterday at this point, right?
2: Uh, really, it a couple of days ago.
1: Yeah, I guess it's been a couple of days now, which, uh, yeah, that really sucks, this was a really shocking situation here. I'm gonna look at the facts real quick, I have a general idea, but I wanna give it to you guys, um, so his wife posted on Instagram. She's quoted saying, if you have seen Chad, please message me. Please don't flood me asking what happened. We want to know if he's been seen and where. Thank you. So from what we hear that happened was uh, him and his son were swimming and they were caught in a strong riptide. Uh, I guess a couple of days ago or, or last, or 24 hours ago, I want to say around 4 p.m. And uh they were trying to pull everyone out. They were with a group of people who were sw- swimming when the lifeguards came to save them. And uh, they basically said that when they were going racing out there to save them, that Chad told them to save his son first. Then another big wave hit and crashed down and he didn't come back up. So uh, since then, we've heard reports uh, where there were search teams that were actually physically sent out to try to find this guy. Like, they put in every effort that they could. I guess they were out there looking. Um, I don't even know the specifics of how something like that would work. But, you know, I guess the general way would we'll, we'll work with these things. They sent out their boats and uh, they had everybody look for the guy. And fortunately, they didn't find him. And uh they said that, uh I guess they stopped the search as of about 12 hours ago, I want to say. Maybe longer. They stopped the yeah, search.
2: Yeah, that's what it sounded like.
1: You know. So they put in as much effort as they possibly could. And then uh, they had to pull everybody back. I guess after a certain amount of time. That is the search. I guess that's part of the search video that they put up there. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, Apparently somebody on Reddit, because this was at uh, Vents Beach. There was a surfer at Reddit who recalled the story. He posted the story there of what was happening. He said that he was there and he was body surfing. And started to come in when he noticed the lifeguard, that there were lifeguards congregating on the shore. And he saw that they were heading out as he came in, um, which took forever because the tides were incredibly strong. And he noticed that there was a kid fighting against the waves and the lifeguards were heading towards him. And when he got to shore, two surfers were pointing and screaming. He said it's a scream he'll never forget. And he realized that there was another person drowning and he could see him bobbing next to the surfers. So he pointed and directed a guard towards the surfers. Outside the break The guards went in The surfers continued to wave And eventually more and more search people were coming out Then he started seeing people with snorkels Which was probably 10 minutes in And it became obvious to him that this person was not going to turn up alive And he said cops showed up And eventually helicopters He spoke to the surfers and they said that an adult went under and he so said he felt bad because he was wondering if he should have helped the kid to shore and then the guards could have fo- focused on the father, but he didn't want to intervene. And now the kid's father is dead and he's going to, uh, let it rest, um, that he was powerless and he didn't, uh, want to add to the mess and that the waves were really nasty and he, he, he body surfed his whole life in San Diego and to, and today on that day he was being cautious and he was worried, uh, when he saw families out there. And he said he needed to get the posting out because he felt weird all night and bad because he technically could have turned around, swam past the brakes, and maybe saved a life or drowned himself. And that it's sad and that he left 40, after 40 minutes of helicopters flying low over the water, assisting in the search. He says that he saw the mom hear her husband not turn up and saw her run down the beach looking for him. And she saw the kid sitting on the shoreline would look like he knew that they were past the point of finding his friend's dad alive. And he was... Hearing to see the reality unfold and a family, a loved one, didn't return from the ocean. And he said, I go to the beach one fucking day and this happens. So, yeah. I didn't, it, it sounds a lot worse than I had actually thought. I didn't realize that there was a, I mean, they, as it sounded originally before I came on here, like he went out and there were strong waves and he wasn't seen. It's reading more like he went out and then, they watched him die while trying to save him that's not just somebody missing they were watching yeah. him drown while they were desperately trying to reach him he said save my son first and then another wave hit and he was gone that's literally not i mean i got the impression just from the uh, the uh headlines that he was missing i hate to sound morbid but that sounds more like you know people witness the death no matter yeah. what perspective you hear it from you know
2: and the Think, crazy thing is, with,
1: how close in proximity, guys. This isn't just like we have a general idea of where they were swimming and they disappeared off the map. No, this is lifeguards and professionals and cops and choppers and shit all in the area as it happened. And then the person disappears. You know what yeah, I
2: mean? Yeah. And when you get dragged by a riptide, you get dragged. That's not like the current just pulls you in. Like that shit will rip. Like, it just literally snatches you out of nowhere. And the fact that they got hit by a second wave. Like, yeah, at that point, like, you're just, you're just looking for, like, you, I hate to sound morbid, but at that point, you're just looking for a body.
1: The ocean is a scary, I mean, the ocean's a scary space in a lot of ways. You gotta yeah. always look at it like that. The ocean's not something to underestimate, man.
2: Because at uh, the end of the day, you're in there, and it's the ocean's rules, like.
1: You know, but it, I, it, I hate to sound morbid, but it seems less likely that he would be okay, having now heard the story for the first time with you guys. There's like, I mean, they were right there trying to save him, you know? Yeah. That's that's terrible.
2: It's not like they were a distance away trying to figure out what to do. They were there and trying, and then he just disappeared. Yeah,
1: that really sucks. And yeah, according to MVP, I guess he must, be, must know the family something. He tweeted out at the request of the family uh, that they appreciate the love, support, concern through the horrible ordeal, and at this time they are not ready to make any public or official statements to any media outlet and ask to respect their wishes. That's from MVP. That's recent. Yeah, very much somewhere. given their peace. Yeah. That was,
2: that closer was today, than they're gonna get.
1: That was today during the last hour and fifteen minutes of Raw, so that's pretty recent of a tweet there. But uh Yeah man. That that's definitely sad. Oh tragic. Yeah, it sucks that the kid's gonna um, you know, have that memory. Like that's traumatizing in a lot of ways, you know.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, it shows the love of a father for his kid. Like, don't worry about me. Make sure he's good first and then come back. <laughs>
1: it's funny that a lot of people are asking what the JTG say. And I've seen a lot of wrestler statements that I'm not going to spend all night going over here. You know, you know, the kind of statements, you know, thoughts and prayers and whatnot. We're just people in shock. I looked for a JTG one. I I didn't see one. That being said, I didn't specifically go to his social media. Somebody in the chat or somebody Uh, listening wherever, wants to check social media. Let me know what has JTG said, if anything. Yeah, it
2: is sad. 2020, huh? (sighs) Jesus Christ. Can we get to 21 already? Like, I'll skip my birthday this year. I don't care.
1: (laughs) Quite the the year. (sighs) So, yeah, I definitely send, obviously, understatement, being thoughts and prayers to the family for something like this happening.
2: Of course, um, like, yeah, without shadow, or <laughs> doubt
1: like. Sometimes it feels like literally the planet is turned heel on us when it's taken people like Kobe, and you know, I was taken, you know, Shad, yeah. and like just the different things that we are lost.
2: Uh, we lost little Richard not long ago.
1: Like, yeah, we we lost uh, we lost quite a few people. Yeah, know? we lost uh, now names are escaping me while I'm on here. We lost a lot of big names. We, we, we sure. lost Jerry Stiller, comedian Jerry Stiller. We lost Yeah, a few Jerry Stiller too. And I was like, yeah, uh. It's been different. It's definitely been different. Oh, yeah. So, want to hear about former Ring of Honor owner, Kerry Silken, smoking coke?
2: Hey, yeah.
1: Figured I'd brighten up the mood a little bit, huh? Huh? All I got to know is
2: it wasn't like those comical styles of cocaine, like in Scarface.
1: Apparently, he smoked with Tony Atlas.
2: Oh, God. And you know Tony was
1: high and giggled the whole time? I mean, even if he wasn't the type that would giggle the whole time, you're smoking coke,
2: I can just see a motherfucker now. <laughs>
1: Bill Withers death. Yeah, that's another one. Shame. Oh, Bill yeah. Withers. See
2: what I'm saying?
1: Even this crack cocaine story can't cheer me up. I that a bitch. <laughs>
2: wow, I'm afraid you never thought you'd hear in your life, right?
1: I'm trying. I'm trying. But
2: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Even this crack cocaine story
1: can't cheer me
2: up We gotta add that one to the highlight room with the next day.
1: <laughs> but we'll certainly try. So, right. uh, what the hell's going on here? I mean, we got the general bullet points. Carrie Silkin, former Ring of Honor person, smoking crack cocaine with Tony Atlas. This isn't recently, just to clarify.
2: That was whole fucking not. <laughs> That's the face of a man who does not need to be doing that booger sugar.
1: I guess a fan tagged Carrie Silkin on Twitter with a picture of Tony Atlas saying that he never really got a big push. And he was just another extra on the card after prelim guys. And she'd have been pushed better and he doesn't know. But, but who knows the real reason why he wasn't? And then Kerry Silken replied, I smoke cocaine with him at a hotel on 8th Avenue in 86 or 87. And, uh, Jeez. I guess a lot of people on Twitter act surprised and he was like, why would this surprise you? So I guess because both of them have been very, uh, open and vocal about their past demons and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Good God. No comment on that one?
2: I got nothing. Like, just, this fucking Tony Atlas face you pulled up just so. Oh.
1: I did that on purpose, too.
2: That, that man looked, looked like he. That man looked like it just kicked
1: in. It wasn't random, that shot. I was looking deliberately for a picture of what it would look like if Tony Atlas was caught in the <laughs> headlights smoking crack cocaine by the cops. Oh, my God. And you I just like, like painted. that's oh. what he would look like. Oh,
2: God. He starts freaking rubbing his teeth and shit. And he, oh. oh, God. That's just... That face is going to haunt me in my fucking dreams, and I am so upset. Like... I'm gonna go to sleep and just see
1: that shit. Or yeah. Right. Jesus
2: Christ. Next thing you know, you have Tony Atlas grinding his feet in people's couches and shit.
1: All right. Well, in a bit of pandemic-related news, John Oliver has apparently has WWE in his crosshairs once again. Oh God. Yeah. You already know where this is going. Let's try. Oh to- shit. I guess he did a little story here that involved uh. WWE. Let's have a look uh, at what it is. All
2: right, John, don't let me down.
1: <laughs> or rather let me down, like if they don't have enough heat and stuff going on already. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. That was me getting adjusted here, and I scared people. We're okay.
2: of us just like, at this point, something like that happens. Everybody, look, everybody perks up like, oh, God.
4: Yeah. What broke?
1: <laughs> Another one of us broke. I'm just trying to get the spot in the audio. It's a long audio, so bear with me.
4: App each other in a windowless room. There is clearly a desire to restart sporting events. The question, though, isn't why sports should come back. It's how that can safely happen. Because to do it responsibly would be a mammoth undertaking. To do it irresponsibly, however, turns out to be pretty easy. The state of Florida, early on, designated professional sports and media production with a national audience as an essential service, so long as it's closed to the general public. So the WWE has continued staging shows in Florida, holding matches in front of empty chairs. But that requires a lot more people than just those two wrestlers. You need production crews working together in close proximity. And while the WWE maintains its safety measures are as comprehensive as they can possibly be, one employee wrote an anonymous letter to a Florida County commissioner asking them to shut the tapings down because despite sanitary precautions, we cannot maintain social distancing and have to touch other people. But it's easy to see why CEO Vince McMahon doesn't mind them taking that risk. As he told investors on a recent earnings call, viewers want to see new matches.
0: I think new content is, is always a driver uh, in terms of stimulating interest and in what have you. Obviously, everyone is pretty much starved uh, for you know for new content. It could very well be... <laughs> you're tired of watching Netflix and you want to see, you know, a strong man running around their underwear.
4: OK. Um, Well, first, I would argue that the risks of creating content the way that you are seem to outweigh the benefits right now. And second, no one on that call registered your point there because you just said stimulating, strong men, underwear, and crucially, driver, all in the same sentence. At which point, everyone's minds turned immediately to getting absolutely bone-crushed by Adam Driver. Choke-slam me to hell, you nasty shed. Jam your mandible claw down my throat, you irredeemable steer. Quick side note here: uh, a lot of you might well be wondering where I'm going with this bit. If you're anything like my staff, you're asking questions like, "Is this sexual or is it violent?" and you're then unsatisfied when the answer comes back, "Yes." If you're like my wife, you might be asking, "Should I be worried okay, about okay. this?" We with get your the point Growing when the answer is only if you want to be. This is the first and time I'm hearing this show himself. Is he without this a laugh track. He seems like a fairly private and guy who's strange. generally uncomfortable with attention. <laughs>
1: Right, like I think he got affected more by not having a live audience than WWE. That took such a turn. Yeah, right.
2: I I, I forgot he was talking about wrestling. From minute. I was like, wait a minute, what?
1: I thought people just weren't laughing at his joke. Then I remembered that there weren't people there. I was thinking, man, these this tough crowd. They was really like Adam Driver
2: i like, like i like I feel like I need an adult after
1: that. Like, I'm like I, look, it's not like he wrote those Star Wars movies. I think he's an okay guy. I just didn't like the character. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was uncomfortable on so levels. Oh, that was uncomfortable. Not most things. <laughs> uh. So, uh, yeah. Apparently, the Arizona governor. died Thank you for the sparks, the Arizona. Governor That was a a Cricket's chirping spark That's incredible (laughs) The Arizona governor (laughs) Doug Ducey Basically said that he wants to have Swimming pools and gyms open by May 15th which was a few days ago And the state's going to be Reopening for business And uh, part of this is because MLB Wants to have 30 teams Be at Arizona for games For a short season So Phoenix, Arizona it's pretty much going to have a lot of money because they're going to have MLB there. And uh, like I said, it'll be a shorter season. They'll probably have restrictions or whatever, but they're already opening up. So that's another potential place, Arizona, where um, we could see more things like MMA and wrestling and stuff like that. If they're already allowing uh MLB. LA, on the other hand, extended that stay at home order for another three months, Um but i my heart goes out to you guys i think i would take that with a grain of salt (laughs) like i don't know if they'll actually keep it for three months in a lot of places this is dying down Hang in there like we should be at the end of it um but yeah i would that that's kind of crazy i know in new york it was extended uh another month till june the middle of june but there's been declines in issues there's been declines in cases um according to wear tv um they said uh DeSantis is reopening gyms um but there's going to be social distancing guidelines when it comes to Florida um so we're going to have to start seeing if they're all going to be open or what's going to happen when it comes to that place but on a positive note according to Wrestling Observer AEW broke even in April and made a very small profit because they weren't taping TV all the time so they weren't spending as much money and uh Granted, they weren't making the amount of money they would have been making from the uh, house, but they were managing to save money on the expenses. So there was money made. They're not in the negative. They're just not as high in the positive as they would have been. And uh Tennessee All-Pro Wrestling, or as it's known, TAP Wrestling, had an event this past May 16th. They were given permission from the governor so we were able to have a wrestling event. This is the first indie wrestling event that's happened since the pandemic. So um good for them. You know, and I bring this news to you guys because I think it's important that you remember that things are starting to open up and that people are starting to come out the other side. And even though we're not completely out of it yet, you know, with them, it's damn getting sure. better for sure. It's getting better. It's getting better. I've heard a lot of places say that it's over for them and a lot of places it will be over for soon.
2: Hashtag yeah. we made it again.
1: Yeah. That's what we'll do with we'll have a big hashtag we made it party. I Amen. hope not. I hope not.
2: Whatever whatever episode, whatever episode pops after it's all over. That's the name. <laughs> okay.
1: So see, not even that much. Normally we used to spend like an hour and a half talking about stuff stuff that was happening thanks to the incident. We're already done, guys. That's it. That's all the bad news and changes and cancellations. Vince changed more rules than there was stuff you had to worry about in regards to the <laughs> incident. You see what I mean? It's not that bad. It's all good.
2: He said, "Wash your hands."
1: And they and and just for you, Kula, they found the mystery hacker. I know he said he tuned into SmackDown just to find out who the mystery hacker is, right?
2: Hmm. Somebody had to, I guess.
1: Did you hear that they found them?
2: I, I heard they found them. But I didn't hear who it was.
1: <laughs> Let me see if I can find this for him. <laughs> so excited! Here we
0: go. Um, also joining us here tonight, um, what appears to be the SmackDown well, hacker. Ugh. It is him. Yeah. Uh,
3: what?
0: Damn
3: punk, I knew it, is. it! It is. I knew it all along. Okay, now I can hear you. What's up, yeah. guys? <laughs> what, were you, what were you doing in there? I was he watching the 3. Oh, okay. <laughs> <No.
4: All right. laughs> you know you know there's some guy, there's some guy in home Wolf. Well, that's it's impossible because the, the, the hand that's typing the computer doesn't have tattoos on the figures. <laughs> so
3: make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at I love
0: YouTube how he trolled fan on Twitter. There's no way, like,
1: he was a mystery hacker. There you go. Oh, my
2: God.
1: Hashtag, we almost didn't make it. That's not as good of a hashtag. I know when you're stopping. We might, we, might, we might not use that one. <laughs> I'll keep it on the reserves in case we run out of hashtags. <laughs> we still haven't made it. Hashtag, still haven't made it. Almost made it. Final flash! <laughs> oh, Damn funny. it,
2: Shane. Damn it, Shane.
1: Oh. There's a new T-shirt that all of you guys can wear that that WWE has put out there. I'm sure you guys heard about it. This is the first of this T-shirt existing, and it is the new Becky Lynch instead of the man, the mom. That's right. New Becky Lynch merchandising. Which one of you guys going to step up and grab it first? You could be the mom.
2: Come on, Shane. You know you want that. You want want to be sugar
1: mom. Come on now. Get that money, Becky tweeted and said, "Can't even be mad at it because I need formula money." But you could have <laughs> Jeez, the mom hesitation. shirt.
2: Oh, God. Jeez.
1: Yeah, look, God. look at that the amazing. ma because the ends blacked out. I get it. I look get look at
2: the ma. Get
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> she does have enough money, but apparently, uh,
2: motherfucker, have you seen how expensive kids is?
1: <laughs> yeah, she's apparently going to be getting like a lot of uh. Like, she's still doing merchandising. She gets her downside, stuff like that, you know. She'll, she'll be good. They're, they're, she's going to be ma- making money off of the mom shirts. She'll be fine.
2: She's yeah, they're little, making sure she's taken care of.
1: Yeah, she's going to have lots and lots of money.
2: So I know, kind of going back to her speech, it did kind of make me laugh when she was like, I didn't think anybody liked a girl who just like puns and toast. And I was like, wow, puns and toast? I'm afraid you don't think you're going to hear every day. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> No, they just say get a shirt for the kid and call it the seed. I'm done.
1: <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that was the big shirt that you guys were waiting to hear about. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, that that is a shirt though. But the shirt I know everyone's been buzzing about is on our screen now.
0: Yep,
2: first time in 20 years,
1: two decades since we they have allowed or had the legal rights to be able to sell anything in regards to Owen Hart and uh. Apparently this is Pro Wrestling Tees and Dark Side of the Ring, who have gone into a partnership with the permission of Martha Hart, and yep. they're selling these T shirts.
2: Because not only was she on Talk is Jericho, but the newest episode of uh Dark Side of the Ring will be the death of Owen Hart.
1: And on Talk is Jericho, I heard a little bit of it. And uh she goes into details about stuff about how during the point where she was uh suing WWE for the uh the unlawful death situation they were suing her back for a bunch of other stuff. Like it was almost like they were just counter suing to, to try to fuck her up in the process of her dealing with their legalities. Uh, and she also talks a little bit about how after what happened to Brett, Owen asked for his release and was denied it. They kind of kept him there. And uh, it was difficult for him to see what his brother was going through or having to sort of be anchored down to WWE. And you know, in the end, hate to say, but it ultimately left his, that his demise. Cause he he wouldn't have still been there for that angle. She didn't say that. That's just my, my opinion. You know, and yeah. yeah, I uh, I definitely gotta agree with you there, Shane. That's the shits when it comes to uh, the way that went down. Yeah. So yeah, but that's cool that now, thanks to Dark Side of the Ring and thanks to this documentary episode, we're gonna get which I am gonna check out. We are gonna get some Owen Hart gear. So, uh, yeah, man.
2: There will never be another. No, because no, uh, Owen ever. was a man. Like Owen would, if Owen would have been godlike by the time his career was over if if never if, um that fall didn't happen.
1: Yeah. We'll uh we'll talk about it after the episode airs and go more into what we thought and uh you know our opinion on how they put it together. So far they're pretty respectful with the stuff that they have been doing, right?
2: Yeah, they did uh the newest one was on um the um the Road Warriors. And it was really cool seeing them talking about how Hawk and Animal met. Um when animal got to a point where he was basically almost done dealing with hawk stuff when he basically couldn't even finish a match i think i remember it was a it was that wrestlemania 9 i think it was that one yeah where it was like the caesar's palace one and they were saying they were talking about doing the doomsday device and animal was literally like he can't do that <laughs> but it was um yeah it was just really unfortunate to hear exactly how hawk died but yeah, they've they've always Dark Side of the Ring has been really good about how they've done everything so far.
1: Yeah, and it is it is a tough topic, you know. It, it doesn't come up in anything. I'm pretty sure they don't even have that uh that episode, right? Like they don't have that episode of uh, or that pay per view, rather.
2: Shoot, you know, maybe not. It's not,
1: it's hard to say. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't. All right. Well, any other thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean. Good to see some old merch, some um, old Owen Hart heart merch back. it feels like, in one way or the other, we got a little piece of them again. So,
1: mm-hmm, absolutely. And while we're on the topic of merch, Cody Rhodes gave some information in regards to how uh, people can pre-order the upcoming AEW action figures, the AEW Unrivaled series.
2: Hey, yeah.
1: Yeah, right. Looking forward to that. Well, I'm not an action figure guy, but uh, I'm sure some of you are.
2: All I'm saying is I'm getting you an orange Cassie for your birthday, so.
1: All right. What do we got here? All right. So here it is. Let's see. We're on their site now. AEW Unrivaled.
2: Really cool looking figures.
1: Is it only six of them and it's $144? One of <laughs> set of six. Yeah. Well, wow, I thought it would be way more for that price. Maybe I'm just I, I, being freaking old
2: i guess it's because it's all of them in one rather than just like separately maybe that's what at least the way i'm looking at this page that's what, that's what it looks like because you see like the separate ones and then the one where it's like hey it's all of them
1: yeah that is that is crazy all right well, let's look at the other we get a closer look at what we got here Was so kenny omega What's cody
2: cody the bucks
1: brandy and la champion i think it's
2: probably the star power behind the toys too so
1: yeah huh like i said action figures are hella expensive now huh
2: yeah man Oof.
1: you know when did that start happening <laughs> you know
2: <laughs> and days and toys used to be cheap and shit. i guess, I, I, guess. Remember.
1: Like, I guess i just didn't know better so you hear the ones separately there i don't need to click into each one for you guys to see 25 a pop also man. 25 i wonder what the size are does it show the size of these
2: I mean, I remember from, I guess, seeing them when um, they showed them on Beat the Elite. They're pretty, they're, like pretty usually around the average toys. So, right?
1: coming up though, got y'all some toys and stuff. How long is this interview anyway? I'm kind of curious. No, no, we don't got 15 minutes right now. Oh, no, they, no, 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 no. Not about toys. <laughs> not about toys, man. They're doing all the right, job. Is there anyone that you yeah. guys want me to click on and see like a large version of out of the six that are here? Are you curious about the appearance of?
0: I kind of want to see the Jericho.
1: Alright, let's check out this Jericho then. I'm curious about the face of Jericho. Does it give us the thing down here like with the other one? No? Uh, No, it just gives it the different box angles. Oh, there he is.
2: Ooh, very nice detail
1: for sure. Alright, yeah. I'll share it to the, uh, I'll share it to the social media. If you guys are listening on demand, just go on our Twitter and the link to all of this is gonna be there.
2: All that good stuff.
1: So yeah, that is, uh, that is the action figures. Pretty cool, huh?
2: Oh, yeah. Boys coming up. <laughs> hmm? I say, yeah, them boys coming up. It's not yeah. just a t-shirt company anymore. They got toys, too.
1: And they'll soon have a game. Right. You know, one that hopefully functions. Oh, God, right. Imagine that, a wrestling game that functions.
2: Ooh, goody-goody.
1: There's a link to the, uh, the toys for anybody. that's interesting. I know some of you guys are figureheads in the chat room. So pre-order them. and uh, you get them in August. I don't know if they're limited editions. I imagine that they are. So
2: I would think so. They're pretty much the first of their kind. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. okay, let's talk a little bit about the weeklies too. We got to do that, please, right? Please. We don't run over everything anymore, but I'm just going to talk a little bit, just an overview of the weeklies. Um, AW dark had, uh, what do you call those guys again? The Jurassic Express all back together again. So that was cool. They were fighting some jobbers in blue. I don't remember who the hell they were fighting, but it was just cool to see. Blue Jurassic man group. Express. What were they called? <laughs> the blue man group. Oh, yeah. I
2: really, I wasn't really <laughs> what they were called, but that's what I fucking called them
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I like that backstage thing where Nyla, um, this is dynamite, by the way, but uh, Nyla, with the way she bopped her Karo Shida with the kendo stick. <laughs> Like, I found
0: yeah, your, found
2: your stick, kendo stick bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she did look like an acne character. He just, oh god, uh, that was terrible.
1: It's funny that this dude, uh, I forget his actual name, but the one Jericho calls Pineapple Pete. It's great that he embraced the gimmick. You know, he actually came out. Yeah, uh, shook D. shook really? D. It's actually Pineapple Pete. He had Pineapple peat music and everything, right? Go for yeah, him.
2: That motherfucker like was ready. <laughs>
1: you know, he embraced the gimmick. We got a Spanish God and Pineapple Pete.
2: There you go. Now, all we need is Kool-Aid Canyon. we set.
1: hmm The Inner Circle killing Vanguard 1. Oh, dude, I wasn't ready. I'm highly disappointed in this turn of events for several reasons. Not just because that shouldn't have happened that way, but because vanguard one should not be able to be so easily destroyed i was almost expecting another vanguard one to appear and it turned out that one was the decoy or something <laughs> and uh, vanguard 1.5. But all the things that we've seen him do and all the things he's capable of and he saved matt hardy's life time and time again and he's actually chased down jeff and brought over other drones that he was controlling like vanguard One was almost sentient and like it's just kind of weird It was like really they killed him and then you see matt hardy cradling like i guess his body In the ring afterwards. So now they're gonna have to deal with Damascus because you really fucked up when you destroyed Vanguard one. You gave Damascus a reason to show up now. We're probably gonna get a Vanguard too. Right. You know, he's been injured before and taken out of commission, but they've revived him many times. It's never been that bad. And that's another reason I find that ridiculous. Like why was he able to be killed so easily? Nonsense.
2: Social distancing Vanguard. Come on, man. You've been six feet away, he couldn't hit you.
1: (laughs) Anyway. NXT had, uh, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher defending the tag titles against Imperium when there was an incident with Riddle accidentally monkey flipping, uh, one of those dudes they were fighting into Thatcher. Um, this causes Thatcher to get hot and he winds up abandoning Riddle and Riddle takes an ass whipping and long story short, Imperium become the new NXT tag team champions, which it's afterwards. Now the.
2: Mm-hmm. I say now the second ever team from NXT UK to come over and win the original
1: titles. Yeah, and then Thatcher explains that he doesn't want to be on game shows or do riddles or silly shit like that. That's the reason why he turned. And then Riddle comes from backstage the two come to blows, they're separated. But then later on, Riddle's being interviewed and he says that he got William Regal to give him a match versus Thatcher and he's thanking Regal and suddenly he's ambushed and Thatcher takes him out with a monitor, beats a monitor over his head which um, that leads to a match that they had later on. That was awesome. It was pretty good, you know. Uh, oh, they
2: Riddle. did match of the
1: night. Riddle's really good. I mean, Jesus, his main roster push is inevitable, huh? I guess we're just kind of biding time for the right time <laughs> to push up that <laughs> guy and just have him run everything, clearly.
2: Like, he, like he's good in the ring, intimidating as all hell, and he's
1: funny. Yeah, he's a made man. Congratulations to him.
2: It's a dangerous combination. I mean, we got to see also uh, basically who jumped Finn Balor.
1: Yes, the big revelation of who jumps Finn Balor because he has a match against Cameron Grimes and then at the end of this match, Damian Priest comes out and he winds up taking out Finn Balor and he reveals that it was him. You find that a little bit anticlimactic or is it just me?
2: You know, I feel like it was supposed to be Walter, but then with the whole pandemic thing, I feel like they had to change it up. And I mean... At this point, Damien Priest can only feud with Keith Lee for so long. Yes. So it's kinda eh, I'm not sure how I feel about it.
1: Yeah, it was it was uh I don't know. I mean I guess this like, is I the I don't hate
2: or love it, I just don't know how to feel like
1: it. Yeah. And he um uh, you know, he winds up taking out Balor with a nightstick first, and then he does the reckoning onto the steel chair, pins him down with the steel chair, and he reveals it was me, it was me all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I do like that, like, whenever he gets done with, like, a promo or an attack or something, he shoots the imaginary arrow into the screen. Uh-huh. <laughs> he has a cool little detail Yeah, right there, I do but... like that,
1: Taunt. Uh, the Undisputed era they do, like, a FaceTime. It sort of reminds me of AEW stuff, where it's like they're all just sort of FaceTiming with each other. Like, hey, bro, haven't seen you in a long time. Haven't seen you in a long time either. So it's interesting we had a, a bit of an AEW FaceTime. We had the Generation X. Never thought you'd hear that, right? We had good old de- jacks, NXT, you know, and they showed up and they had like a big announcement. They were saying, you know, that Road Dog, Shawn Michaels wearing a mask inappropriately and Triple H. And um, they were talking about how tons of people are stuck in their houses and that if everybody's stuck in their house, that they may as well do a pay-per-view, an NXT takeover in your house pay-per-view. So this is like the big announcement that they were going to have the NXT takeover. Good for them. So they finally found reasons to hold down that name, you know. <laughs> It was inevitable. It was going to happen one yeah. way or another.
2: One of these days.
1: So, AEW Dynamite had six hundred and fifty-four thousand views with a two point with a rating in the eighteen to forty-nine demographic versus NXT six hundred and four thousand views with a point fifteen rating. So once again, they win this time by a smaller margin. They only won by fifty thousand viewers.
2: Yeah, and this, apparently it was uh, the numbers were so low this time because uh, they were competing against the UFC.
1: Hmm. So, that's what went down there What else? We have a poll, by the way, guys We have AEW There's a pay-per-view this Saturday We got the voting poll coming up in just a few minutes uh, SmackDown There wasn't really too much to talk about SmackDown if, Unless you have something to say My main thing that I enjoyed was Bailey and Sasha with, um, with that segment with Charlotte Uh, i was literally
2: thinking the same thing you know charlotte
1: um (laughs) acknowledging to sasha like look what you've become like you're just a bailey lackey you're like just an afterthought like you and me like we were the ones who headlined like the first pay-per-views and main event at the first raws and you know all the matches we had and now look at you you're just like a sidekick to bailey and then every time sasha goes to speak and grabs him like bailey talks over her you know sort of uh making it even worse like proving a point even further Saying oh no nothing we're just best friends You just don't know how good this friendship is And so on and so <laughs> forth And uh, she basically asks are you satisfied Just being Bailey's little lackey And she just kind of leaves that question in the air So
2: I oh, She gave like a half ass woo too She said
1: woo Yeah she gave her like a condescending woo Like okay, <laughs> you, don't, you don't get a high pitch for being a lackey You get a woo It's almost a boo but it's a woo <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, Raw, Raw, what happened tonight on Raw? Well, aside from the fact that going into last week's ratings, they had 1.920 million viewers. This oh number was goodness. better. They were up by about 300 million. Look at that. Holy Jesus. Or from, or from rather from, they went, not from 300, but from 1.686 to 1.920 million viewers. So they, they went up almost half a million, I guess you would say. I almost thought I was going to have to take y'all behind the door 500, and shoot y'all. 500,000 ish, give or take. Uh, so they, they broke their record. They didn't have a shitty rating last week. I don't know about this week, but last week they jumped back up. Uh, highlights to this Raw for me, Strowman and Otis doing the, uh, the, uh, freaking. Oh, you talking it SmackDown. I'm sorry, SmackDown. The double Caterpillar. Um, that was funny. Now, as far as highlights from Raw, Oscar, Kyrie, Sane, Celebration, um, where she's just basically praising Asuka. She's basically saying in Japanese, she, "Big sister's amazing." When she's saying Nissan Sugoi, yeah. she's saying Big sister's amazing. She won the title. Ran oh, down,
2: uh, ran down virtually all the Oscar's accomplishments. Yeah,
1: she brought them all up on the tron as balloons. My, my the, minus
2: the Rumble Survivor Series and Money in the Bank. So
1: yeah, she was she was ready to put over Asuka.
2: You my know, freaking and uh,
1: yeah, and then unfortunately it was broken by Nia. And it was and it funny because. Kyrie was, was playing the flute and I legit needed some closure to that flute shit like when it happened it was like wait a minute hold on you're not gonna let her finish this the celebration just got good but Nia was there and uh, basically she talks shit and gets her ass kicked because Oscar hits her with her hip her hip attack knocking her out of the ring it's like get your big ass out of here and she just makes her like, walk up the ramp and out of there
2: like Oscar instantly reminded me like bitch you've never beaten me like what do you mean
1: <laughs> you don't know me Later on what though you know about Asuka? Yeah. Later on though, Naya being salty, she ambushes Kairi who's backstage playing the flute. And, uh, you can
2: get twice in a row. Like, and and Asuka finds it. her on
1: the ground and she's like, what's wrong? Is she going to be okay? And then later Asuka ends up catching Naya and she basically, she's screaming at her in Japanese and Naya's just no-selling her like she's just going to walk away and I love that Asuka pulls her by the braids and kicks her in the face. Just yanks her back like, bitch, get back here. Kapow. Kicks her once in the face <laughs> and then walks away. She doesn't even you know, stop like, to see if that kicked down to her. That's how certain she is that it did. It was like she kicked. And before she could confirm she was, on, she was already leaving, she was done.
0: That's a level of confidence once. you
1: don't
2: never want somebody smaller than you to have.
1: I came here to kick you once, but make no mistake about it. I got shit to do. That's, that's what that <laughs> I got kick enough time for like. one kick. You know, I got enough time to kick you and leave. If I, if I kick you and leave right away, I'll still make it. And that's what <laughs> Oscar did.
2: I got a hot pocket in there me, bitch. Don't make me come back here again.
1: Mm-hmm. R Truth has another match and against Bobby just, Lashley, just in case we're we're not tortured enough. The one thing I did like was having R Truth get to keep saying, You're going to Debo me? You're going to Debo me? Loving <laughs> the Friday references here. Wonderful. You're going to Debo me? That's who you are. You're the well, Debo of Raw.
2: And the best part about it is he turned into Ricky, Pretty Ricky in the middle of the match.
1: I hate Pretty Ricky. He needs to stop that. No more he Pretty does
2: it Ricky. So, you, know what, you know what I think I like about it is that he does it so fast. If you blink, you miss a transition.
1: I'm just done. I don't want it though. I've had it, I'm I've tolerated a Little Jimmy. I tolerate all kinds of weird shit. I I draw the line with 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 the pretty Ricky. And too much, too
2: delicious. This is the line in
1: the sand for me and our truth. Okay, I've been really open minded for decades with you. Pretty Ricky (laughs) thing is where you and I part ways, buddy. You better kill that (laughs) shit. Not a fan.
2: Oh God, you could tell when that idea got pitched. Vince was the only one who laughed, and he was the only one who needed to laugh. Yeah, don't like it. there's no way anybody else but was behind that.
1: Natalia gets tapped out by Shayna in her match. And before she even gets to leave, almost like they're trying to be super disrespectful. It's like they're laying out the carpet, literally laying out the red carpet and the chairs and stuff for the Kevin Owens show. Because he's going to have a Kevin Owens show against uh, uh, or with uh, Zelina Vega's table. And she's seeing this carpeting there. Like, what the hell is this? She pissed, gets pissed off and just starts grabbing the stuff and throwing it around. Caking the ropes, having a tantrum. To me, justifiably so. Like, how dare you? What are you doing? Just throwing the carpeting Like, like she's still there?
2: Like, y'all can't Ridiculous. wait till she leaves? There's a commercial.
1: Nonsense. Like, I do like the fact name. that uh, in that match when Natty went for the ropes,
2: Shayna did the smart thing and grapevine her arm with her um, legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did, sense. I, I expected, it was kind of cool. I expected Natty to tap with the free arm, but you no, know, she tapped with the trapped arm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Zelina has her Kevin owen stuff, but you know what's stupid to me is the fact that that stable was already split up because they wind up mm-hmm. having, um, Austin Theory losing to Apollo Crews causing Garza and Andrada to beat the hell out of him they were already hinting early in the night that there was dissension amongst the ranks when Selena Vega asked the three of them if they were all on the same page one at a time just to eat time and then it became quite obvious that Austin Theory was going to be the odd man out so they kick him out of it but the plus part is that Rollins gets a new disciple because uh he comes out there and uh he's he hugs Austin Theory he embraces him and orders him to interfere in alistair black's match getting that match thrown out so now there's two disciples you get murphy and you get austin theory aside from that with raw the only other thing that stood out was the street profits the viking raiders now having axe throwing contest which it actually wasn't terrible compared to basketball last week but i wish there were less hard cuts to the axe colliding into the wood like every single toss it was a hard cut to the axe hitting the wood like, did you not have anyone amongst them that can actually throw the axe and get it to penetrate the wood? Like, it was hard cut, hard cut, hard cut, hard it, cut,
2: Because the bad part is, I'm pretty sure Rowan Hansen can actually do it.
1: Yeah. You so always safe. look for that. Whenever you watch action scenes in movies or sports scenes, you always look for the hard cut because the hard cut is the edit. Like, if a guy goes to shoot a basketball three-pointer and then the camera hard cuts to the ball going into the hoop, there was a clever edit there for you to see the success. Whereas... More challenging movies, which is what makes certain directors and cinematographers better than others, for you to be able to literally get the shot, the jump shot, and then you have your camera travel the ball all the way into the hoop. But for to do that, you would need someone who can do that. My point being with these guys and the axe, I would have liked to see someone throw an axe and the camera follow it all the way into the wood, not just hard cut to an axe in the wood each time. Yeah. I need to see it. You're not tricking me. Stop trying to trick me. When I'm watching this.
2: <laughs> I'm not at the five. Very,
1: if you're going to take me on this journey with these characters, at least try.
0: <laughs> I
1: don't ask for much. You know, just let me see one time without the hard cut of the axe already being in the wood. You know, let me see it actually travel. Please, please. Just a little pet peeve of mine.
2: Let me see the journey to the wood. Like,
1: Yeah. The main event was what? Corbin against... uh.
2: Yep. Corbin against uh, McIntyre.
1: Yeah. Corbin against McIntyre. Good for them. Anything to say about yeah. that?
2: I mean, hey, I guess fucking old. well, there's thing. Lashley uh challenged Drew for his championship, which is intriguing because this is literally the exact same scenario they were in when they were both in TNA. Here's the kicker about that: when that happened, Lashley wanted to be a world champion.
1: Oh boy, well maybe history won't be rewritten here. How about that? <sighs> I would hope not. Right? maybe there's still hope that we don't have to yeah. put up with that.
2: I can pray that the WWE Championship doesn't wind up sweaty. We all can. I I don't need sweaty leather. Write it down. I thought you beat me to it. (laughs) I don't need sweaty leather. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I started to do it, but then I was like, wait a minute. Let me know you say something first.
1: (laughs) It was a thought, you know. I was like, we got to have something there. But yeah, that was, that was, it was an okay, raw, I guess. If we're yeah. gonna go by something I'm like
2: right that. there with you though about the whole Selena's group splitting up. Cause it's like, they haven't been around each other long enough to have that kind of hatred.
1: Yeah, like, they really didn't. It just felt like it was too much of a rush. Let us get to know the characters a little before you have that kind of break. Right? It's like it's already gone. I guess they want oh, to rush someone else into Rollins' stable. And you know what? Austin Theory makes more sense there. It's just that they yeah. did it too late. Yeah, for sure. The highlight of this role for me had to be Oscar grabbing Nia by the braids by <sighs> you know by the power of braid skull. <laughs> Writing it down. <laughs> you know, like that to me was really the moment right there where it was like, okay, we're gonna grab this bitch by her hair. Think I don't see those things dangling? I'm Oscar.
2: And the funny thing about it is <laughs> is like this like look, at this point, Naya really can't try to cut no promo talk and shit like but she grabbed you by a braid and kicked you in the face. With the confidence like you were a newbie.
1: And then walked off before you dropped with that I got shit to do walk. Really? <laughs> she was already back at Kyrie, Sane telling her about how she kicked you in the face before you had even finished rubbing it.
2: The li- the, the Uber had already shown up.
1: <laughs> Overall, it was an average week when it comes to Raw.
2: Yeah, kind of business as usual.
1: Okay, so the only other thing really is it's time for us to do the... uh. I guess the voting poll, right? We got to do a pay-per-view is coming up. Yep.
2: Double or nothing too.
1: All right. So first and foremost, if you go to talkbrunch.com, the poll should already be up there for you guys. I'm also going to link you in the chat room. You know, we vote live around here. so We vote live, but we also got it on demand. You only got no excuse. So here is your voting polls. Ooh, yeah. This is going to be a fun card. AEW doubling on. I'll give all of you guys a minute to load it up. It's kind of funny
2: like we we saw the same pay-per-view a year ago and it was really like, you know what? All in work. Let's see if we can do it again. And now it's almost all in and all out. It's almost going to be like they're... It's kind of funny like they have... Their only pay-per-views are basically going to be almost their big four. Well,
1: that was always the plan even if this wasn't going to be the yeah. situation.
2: Oh, yeah. I like guess. And it's scary because with AEW, they've outdone every pay-per-view that's come before. So it's like... It's scary to think they're gonna outdo the last pay-per-view they did. Because you know they're gonna do it. Like that's what's scary about it. It's just a matter of what's gonna happen.
1: Well, they're in for a bigger challenge this time because they're doing this is the first no-crowd pay-per-view for them, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be the element
1: that's gonna see how they handle it, but
2: they've been doing well with it so far.
1: So So far it hasn't affected their production at all.
2: Nah. They've literally gone as like business as usual.
1: You guys got the link in the chat? You can do it. I believe in you, sort oh,
2: of. Oh, God, am
1: All right, I'm starting now. Yep, first matchup,
2: a buy-in number one contenders match, private party versus the best friends. Uh-huh. Oh, I gotta go best friends, man. Those guys have been rolling hot for, like, weeks now. Like, I think they're... I believe they, they're virtually sitting at number one, so it's just... Private party trying to see if they could dethrone them, but like they've been they've been in the trenches this whole time, so Yeah,
1: I would I would assume best friends as well.
2: Yeah, like Private Party had that moment when um AEW first came around where they pinned the bucks in that tag tournament, but it's like they haven't done much to stand out since. I mean, fantastic tag game, no doubt, but it's just compared to what the best friends have been doing since they've been around versus what private party has been doing we'll have the best yeah friends, i gotta go best
1: uh, friends. have the best friends won the title here yet
2: not yet but they've been this is actually the closest they've been i think with this match if they win they lock their number one spot in but i think they've been sitting at the number one ring for a little bit now
1: at the same time private party wouldn't surprise me with the upset
2: yeah because i mean they've pulled it off before i mean for god's sakes one of their first matches then they beat the young Bucks, like but I almost feel like the sense of momentum because they've been there this whole time, which I think this is one of the first, one of only a handful of times we've seen Private Party in a while.
1: All right, get your votes in there. And guys, it helps. Even if you're listening on demand, everyone get your votes in. It definitely helps give us an idea of what people think. Doesn't hurt. i asking for money, just asking for votes.
2: <laughs> we ain't asking for donations, just votes.
1: So next match is Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. This oh, is, uh, my man. What do you think? This one's kind of tough
2: because they've been pushing Britt as a heel, definitely as a major heel for a while now. And this is one. This is actually, I think, it's Chris's first match back since all this stuff has gone down. But but Britt's been on a roll, so I feel like for the sake of momentum and the fact that she's definitely getting closer to that AEW Women's Championship, I think I'm gonna go Britt Baker.
1: I'm going to go against the grain here and just hope it's Chris Statland's or just because we need something different already. The Bird Baker thing is, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, true. It could kind of go either way in this one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely, but definitely
2: see what happens. It's going to be a hell of a match, that's for sure.
1: Okay, what's the stadium stampede match again? Oh, that's the Elite?
2: Versus uh, the Inner Circle, basically You're going to fight in the giant stadium.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, hold on. Let me bring that up on the screen for you guys that are on the live here. So how's this match going to go? Like, they're going to fight just where?
2: It, it just seems like they're just. It seems like it's almost going to be like an empty arena type match, but it's just going to be in a giant stadium. We haven't heard much when it comes to, like, the specific rules. Might hear something on Dynamite this Wednesday, but we haven't heard much on, like, specifics yet. But from what it's sounding like, it's just going to be literally, like, five on five and just, like, a giant arena.
1: And who do you see going over on that? Oh, um, I think I got to go the Elite on this one.
2: Cause I mean, the Inner Circle's gotten one up on them many a times as of late. Whether it was taken out, Nick um, pinning Matt, pinning um Hardy and Omega in the match a couple of weeks ago. I, I think this is where the Inner Circle might be able to turn around because there'll be more of them now, so the Inner Circle won't have the numbers edge.
1: I think that an emotional Matt Hardy's going to cost them the match. Think so? Yeah. Damascus or whatever is going to be consumed with rage trying to get revenge for fucking Vanguard when the inner circle goes over. And then they have a freaking, uh, another one of those, uh, flim flam parties. Oh, God.
2: If it isn't <laughs> a flim flam party, yeah. Like, uh, oh, yes. boy. Yeah. Sort God. The freaking buy the freaking buy match was the only easy one. So far, all the other
1: ones are difficult. <laughs> That's the way it should be.
2: Yeah. Right,
1: what do we got next on the agenda here?
2: We got Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose. AEW Women's Championship is on the line.
1: I mean, if I had to pick, I'm gonna go Hikaru Shida.
2: Yeah, Shida can. Shida won't be as affected by Nyla's size as a lot of the people. But then again, I want to say I think this is Nyla's first title defense, so it's like, do they really just do they really have her lose the belt on her first on her first go? Sure, why not? Yeah, you can say it. It's not like it's not convincing that Shida could win it. Because literally, Sheeta just needs one shot with that with that running knee, and Nyla goes to sleep.
1: I I just I'm voting it just because that's what I would like. Yeah. Nyla's a great heel. They need a stronger uh, women's champion in the ring, and even though Sheeta's not like my top choice, it's a choice. Yeah, you know,
2: and she's I think well she's only lost like what one match all year long. I think I think she's been she's been undefeated this year. So that's a good I don't think either. she lost, so yeah, right. I think it might be Sheeta. Okay. Now, up next, a uh, little bit of a surprise match a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we got MJF versus Jungle Boy. I believe this is Jungle Boy's pay-per-view debut, I think. At least for a one-on-one match.
1: What do you see here, Jungle Boy or MJF? Ah, man, it's
2: You know, because this place is unpredictable, I could see something happening and Jungle Boy sneaking out with a win. Because, I mean, Jungle Boy went 10 minutes with Jericho. He's proven he can handle himself with the big boys around here. Like, the kid does not go down easy at all, and I could see that frustrating MJF to the point where he makes a mistake.
1: Yeah, and I'm kind of sick of the bully MJF never getting his come comeuppance, you know, give it a Jungle Boy.
2: Yeah. He, he could use the win. It'll help him in the long run.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Next, we got the Casino Ladder Match. Yep.
2: Frankie Kazarian, Darby Allen, Kip Sabian, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Luchasaurus, Scorpio Sky, and Colt Cabana.
1: And this is where it gets a a, world championship. It's supposed to be like a mystery person or something, no?
2: Yeah, there's some mystery person that they uh, mentioned today, but we won't find out who it is until probably uh, Saturday. So in that case, it kind of depends on who the mystery person is.
1: So out of who we have here. Unless you have a prediction on who the mystery person is, who do you think will win?
2: So who we have here? I'm putting my vote towards Phoenix because when it comes to the when it comes to him versus everybody else in this match, I could see him being the most comfortable with ladders. I mean, we've seen what the man does with just ropes on his own. Like the kid is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we saw what he did in that ladder match with uh the Bucks when it was him and his brother. Like he definitely has the ability to probably get a lot more creative than everybody else in this match
1: George says the mystery person
2: oh for fuck no he's too busy fucking bitches in DNA like he no.
1: can't believe <laughs> that yeah I'm also
2: getting told non-star cheeks over there like
1: come on now He. <laughs> uh, I think I like Darby <laughs> Allen. Allen for this
2: yeah I can see that I mean for God's sake Darby does not give an eye of a fuck about his physical safety which is kind of one of the things you need to win a ladder match so <laughs> But what's going to be entertaining is to see what Orange Cassidy does. <laughs> like, that's one of the things I can't wait to see.
1: But, um. If that yeah, game it wasn't it's... so weird, I would have picked Orange Cassidy, but I just don't see him there I, yet, you know? Yeah, like it's. Uh, it'd be a
2: weird one, but yeah, there's it, a few different places this could go. Now, the one thing I wonder is who that mystery part is going to be. With a mystery opponent, I almost thought because I look at the fact that two members of SCU are in it, I almost, for a second thought, it might be be, uh, Pac or Pentagon, because then you have two tag teams in the same match together. And And it adds for a different element of danger, because it would pose an interesting scenario, because I've watched Phoenix and Pentagon kick the shit out of each other for years, but we've never seen an element where Frankie and Scorpio have had to fight each other in a match. So what happens then?
1: No, it's not going to be Zack Ryder. No. I can guarantee you that.
2: <laughs> oh, no, we He will not be at this show. What do we got going on next? Next up, TNT Championship match. The Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer versus Cody Rhodes. And what they did reveal this past week, Mike Tyson will pre- present the TNT Championship
1: to the winner. Mike Tyson, who by the way might be coming out of retirement to fight Evander Holyfield, who might be coming out of retirement. Are you fucking with me on that one? No. Oh God. Oh, you didn't know.
2: I heard I heard Tyson coming out of retirement. I hear shit about Holyfield.
1: It's looking like that might be what's gonna happen. Oh god, he's got to bite
2: his other ear off. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, like shit. a
1: fifty-three-year-old man versus a fifty-seven-year-old man. <laughs> Oh my God. It's
2: gonna be like it's gonna be like a Sunday morning out of Wendy's. Old people fighting.
1: There were some <laughs> videos. I am looking here now to see if I could find them. Yeah, it's with like Tyson
2: hitting pads or something like that. I believe so. Yeah, because I know I, I've seen glimpses of that one. See if so I could like, find
1: yeah. Okay, just give me a minute, and I'll take a quick look here.
2: Yeah, we don't usually break from the polls, but this is the moment where it's all it. worth.
1: Well, I mean, it has to do with Mike Tyson. You know, we usually don't have Mike Tyson on the polls either. Yeah, that's true. You know, there's a whole bunch of weird shit going on here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a weird time that we live in.
2: We got a pandemic and Mike Tyson holding on a championship. Those two things, you didn't think would be in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: motherfucker's
2: scary. <laughs> why am i scared of a 53 year old man that shit was scary oh yeah. god
1: It damn sure was scary <laughs> i wasn't expecting that it's gonna be interesting to see uh how he's progressed right
2: oh good god why does he look like he hits harder
1: yeah that is strange Jeez, tyson's crap. back oh. everything's a callback everything's a callback even boxing
2: yeah but yeah, back to the poll. Uh hmm. I think this one's going to Cody.
1: I mean, for God's sakes, give Cody a title. He can never be the world champion yeah. thanks to that storyline that they did. Now we have this new TNT championship. It seems Don't like yeah, yeah, Lance like Hoyt. Give it to Cody Rhodes. Let him have I thought this is what was gonna happen that there'd be a different title. You know what I mean? Give it to Cody for God's sakes.
2: Yeah. Archer just showed up. He doesn't need it yet.
1: Unless Mike Tyson turns heel.
2: Oh God! No could kidding. you
1: imagine? Like he did as the enforcer in WrestleMania 14.
2: Tyson in. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Or then he just wins a. Cody wins the match. And he punches out Jake. Jake taking a Tyson bump. Oh God! And then he takes a snake. And he punches the snake and he's just. Snake punch.
1: Snake. Punch. <laughs> I really just see
2: that. Just.
1: It's all good shit. Good shit.
2: Bring a thing out the. <laughs> just see him pull the thing out of the bag. It just. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be worth, I don't care what happens; it'll be worth it for that moment. Just to hear Jr. make that call. He punches a snake.
1: Mike Tyson become permanent part of the elite. Oh God! You the never first motherfucker like, per- like a summons in
2: a Final Fantasy game.
1: The first person who got to be a member of both DX and the Elite.
2: Right. Oh God!
1: Know. It books
2: itself. God. It really does. Like, and the bad, and the best part about it is they listen to us. So. If creepily you see enough, Mike, if you see Mike Tyson punch out a snake on Saturday, you're welcome.
1: Creepily enough, you're right. <laughs> I'm going with Cody with this. If it's not obvious enough,
2: yeah, definitely. And then the main event of the evening, the AW World Championship. Uh huh. Mister Brody Lee versus John Boxley.
1: Yeah. So. The exalted one thing is cool and everything, but it's way too soon yeah. for this guy to, uh, to be involved in that. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you're not going to win the title on your first month here. Sorry, bro. Nah.
2: It's not It's not anything against Har- against Brody. It's just, he just showed up at AEW. Like, give it a little bit. Like, give me a little here. bit of a chase.
1: Like, yeah. Like, you literally just got here. So... Chase it a little bit and it would be a ripoff. It would make Moxie look like too much of an underdog, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Look at that. Two people who are mostly in the mid card in WWE are in the main event of an AEW pay per view.
2: It's almost like they know what they're doing over here.
1: It's almost like they do. Like, it's almost they're
2: every there. down there. If you, if you let them eat, you, they might just headline the whole damn show.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let me see. What time what? is it here? See, we're doing shorter, tighter, more cool shows i guess yeah. i'm gonna hit send on this for john moxley keeping that title hit finish don't forget to get your votes in oh yeah um i guess the last bonus story before we wrap up here well first of all tony khan uh he basically put out a photo saying mike tyson watching me watching the Jaguars win on Thursday night football. Well, I'm excited that Mike is coming back to Jacksonville next Saturday for AWW or nothing. I think we might see Mike at some more Jaguar game in the future. He has the winning touch. So Tony Khan is very happy that he gets to uh be with Mike Tyson. I mean who wouldn't right?
2: I'd be sure I'd be excited to have Mike Tyson show up in my company too.
1: <laughs> yeah, not for sure.
2: And he looks good. Like Tyson looks healthy. Like he looks really, really good.
1: Yeah, we've been taking better care of himself. Oh yeah. yeah. He's been taking really, really good care of himself. All right. Well, looking forward to that pay per view. I don't know if we're doing a post show Saturday. We will probably be in the chat room during it. We'll have to see how things go. We're playing it by ear. We haven't planned anything yet, but either way, at some point we are going to cover what was going on.
2: So. Yeah. Most definitely.
1: Yeah. You guys don't have to worry about that. And yeah, now as far as that final story before we get out here, Jim Ross was helping to promote Sonny to sure. make- to make a return, Kay. a return to the ring. I'm kidding, not the return to the ring.
2: Yo, you scared
1: the shit out of me. She was never in the ring.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel bad now. That's oh, so mean of bad. me. I wish this was more planned, so it would have been less mean, but it wasn't. Anyway, oh, my God. Jim Ross shared her OnlyFans page. Um, he said, "I've always heard, and I agree." The controversy creates cash Plus I believe that everyone Deserves a second chance in life Then he Adds the OnlyFans link and says Discretion advised dot 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 Troll away I think that was classy of Jim Ross as a matter of fact Yeah I it like was classy. it You know he shared an OnlyFans page He knew what it was he knows what it is but he also believes Hey he's not going to hurt her hustle
2: she ain't hustle."
1: Yeah Write it down There you go Problem. Good stuff good stuff Oh yeah! All right, I think we're wrapping up here, fellas. That's it. Thank you once again to everyone for joining us. Don't forget this Saturday, AEW. I don't remember the exact time. I believe it's what is it? Like six? I know they're doing on. Uh, they're doing like some sort of a six o'clock special. I believe on TNT. Yeah, something like that. Just Google it. Or ask us online when we have more information. But just don't forget Saturday night we will be having the chat room live for the pay per view, and we we'll, might do a poll show. So stay tuned, hang with us for that. Don't forget Wednesday after AW, you can come into TalkBunch.com or into Mixer chat room, and we're going to be running our usual party games only to participate through your phones And the game show with us. Thank you to our live chat room Six Slayer and EB. Stasis, Dreams, and Shame Kula Ice, Willie B2 Life Cypress 805, George Z Mark 710 Storm Dax 1853, Weekly Panic 516, and of course those of you listening on iTunes Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and all various platforms, ladies and gentlemen, you've listening to TalkBunch Live uh, I've been your host as always, Rick Dyer, K, Captain Brunch, this is episode 384 for myself and Destin we are out of here and if we don't see you on Saturday, we will grab your braid and kick you in the face.
0: Shut that down.